You're listening to the Knives Templars. I need to get a haircut, and Chris is making me think, man, I need a haircut. We have the same haircut, just so you know. You're a little... I'll, I'll yeah, pass mine has less gray. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Actually, my my head's not bad. It's my my chin is gray. But you realize, you know what that gray means? Mm. I'm stressed. You're old. Yeah, <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. Yeah, no, 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 no. I uh, you, means your kids are fully grown. Yeah, you are. You earn your gray. You earn your gray. That's for sure. Anyway, hey guys. Oh, uh, uh, I'll never earn my gray. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, you will. Unless 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 you manscape. Is anything you want to? Anything you want to tell us? Do you manscape? He's earned it. We just don't know where it is. <laughs> I, I have a few right yeah. here uh, coming up. Well, here we are, week seven, seventh episode of the Knives Templars, and uh, we've got all five amigos here this week. We've got uh, Chris and uh, Otisir and Joey and Eric Rivers, along with Chip Carlisle and. Uh, we are ready to talk because we got a lot of stuff we've been doing. How you doing, guys? Hey, what's up, Jim? Awesome. Man, I, I great, tell you great, what, great. I, uh, I've got so much stuff to talk about today, I don't know if we'll get it all in. And uh, so I'm going to shut up and just add my stuff a little bit here or there because I see you guys have all had equally exciting weeks. I've seen knives rolling out of the shops and wards and just everything going, so... I don't know. Let's start it off like we always do. Chris, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Oh, man. Um, well, I had that knife show in Belleville, uh, the Texas Select Custom Cutlery event a couple of weeks ago. Um, got there on Friday evening and <clears throat> had my Damascus, my Damasteel chef knife that I was wanting to get into the um, cutlery, the kitchen cutlery uh, category. And Got there and my buddy Adam's looking at the table. My buddy's been telling me for, you know, two years, you know, he's my biggest fan. He's like, your stuff's great. Your stuff's great. And we get there and he looks at the table, the different categories. And he goes, you got a knife that'll win that competition. And it was the, uh, the tactical. And so he convinced me to enter four different competitions. And, and so I entered tactical. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, they did all the judging and it was judged by peers. So anybody that had a table got to come up and and vote and um it's funny i was talking to another maker and they came over last speaker and they're like hey makers come pick up your knives and um so adam goes up there he sees the tactical knife on the table but he reaches over to grab one of the other knives and when he turns back he's like it's gone and he ends up coming over he's like dude your knife is gone like i have no idea where it is and he goes that guy was the last guy at the table and he points over and this is, it's, it's Chad Jones. It's a guy I know, um, another maker. And I was like, no, Chad doesn't have my knife. And he's like, I don't know. He was the last person I saw at that table. Maybe he grabbed it by accident. I was like, you don't grab somebody else's knife by accident. I go chase Chad down. And I was like, Hey, I know this sounds weird. I was like, did you see my knife on the table? No. I was like, well, I don't know where it is. It was there and it's gone. And he just laughs and taps me on the shoulder. And he goes, dude, I think that means you won. <laughs> he goes, go check the table in the back. <laughs> And so we go up there, and sure enough, it's on the winner's table next to this uh, really cool. Users won't be able to, or listeners won't be able to see it, but uh, this really cool brass uh, metal weighs quite a bit, actually. Um, yeah, but, they can uh, see it on our uh, Knives Templar page, though. You've got it there. Yeah, yeah, you can go see a picture of it, um, or on my site, I posted a picture of it. Um, but I was just completely 
I was in shock, right? Like the fact that that, that happened, I wasn't even planning on entering and then I won. And, um, well, one, I also submitted three, one, three knives that night One question though, uh, to the Texas one question. Yeah. I know that, um, you do a lot of work for the BPS uh, foundation and you also are a sufferer of BPS. Um, was that one of those BPS moments? Yes, what, what, what are you talking about? Butt pucker syndrome. Butt pucker. Yeah, butt pucker. Yeah, it was one of those butt pucker syndrome moments. Although you have the the guy that won best dagger and best overall. It was uh, J W Randall out of Louisiana. Keith Boone, yeah. Uh, awesome maker. I mean, the guy makes some just amazing Damascus, and he he called it his heartburn knife. He said that that's what he he ended up. You know, it'd give him heartburn anytime he went to go work on it. So. Um, but now I, I had that happen, and then I submitted three knives to the Texas uh, Knife Makers Guild uh, for inspection by board members, and they came back, and each of them graded my knives and gave me some uh, great feedback. Um, and, you know, you, you have to take that feedback humbly and then go learn from it and try not to make those mistakes again. But um, after that night, it's everybody's been telling me for a while, like, hey, you belong in this community. You've you know, you're a good maker, but I'm like, I've only been doing this three years. Some of these guys have been doing a lot longer. And I felt like I had imposter syndrome sometimes. Well, how did that, how did that um, kitchen knife do that you made the or chef's knife? Excuse me. Not kitchen knife. It was, oh, it lost to a pizza cutter. I um, saw the pizza cutter. He, it was beautiful, but I see, you know, yeah. Ethan, Ethan Lee also out of Louisiana had a Damascus pizza cutter. That was just gorgeous. And I said a month ago, I was going to lose to this thing. Um, but it was really cool. Um, um, I met um, uh, Davey Wilson from J.Hu Knives, and um, he told me, he said, he, when he came over and he, he saw that knife on my table, I was like, oh, that was yours? He goes, I voted for that knife. He goes, even though I had my own knife in that same category. <laughs> he goes, your knife was next to mine. He goes, I couldn't even vote for mine. I had to look at that, and he's like, I had to vote for yours. So it, it was it was very um, you know humbling and rewarding and yeah, it's so, you know, people have been telling me for two years that I belong, but it wasn't until that night that I really felt like, yeah, I was part of that community. So now Sarah, it was great. Was, had a, was Sarah, had at, a good show too. Was Sarah at the show, um, from Sikowski scales? Yeah. Sarah was at the show. Um, the way they had it set up was there was an indoor and an outdoor. I saw that. Yeah. And, um, I, I was in the indoor, she was in the outdoor where it was basically the rodeo arena, you know, the, right. the, the livestock arena there for the county and um so big roof and they had guys doing forging demonstrations and lots of smoke and it was hot and it was dusty and she's like i made a mistake i should have been inside um but she wanted more table space so her and i've decided that when we go to shows in the future and we're both going to one in louisiana in september that um, i'm going to go ahead and call joey out that he needs to go to that one um, put that out publicly um so we all pressure him into going because it's right there in his backyard but we've already decided that when we go to these shows in the future we're setting up tables right next to each other um, well, they got because to see, then we she can got watch to, each other's table. She got to see your skills, though, on her, on those knives, especially the one uh, where you won. So that was wonderful for her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. And then I had another knife that had some beautiful scales that I messed up that were some of her favorite scales she ever made. And so I, I handed it to her, and I go, here, I can't really sell this because there's a there's a D-lamb in the blade. And, she, and I was like, so it's yours. And her first words back, when you guys meet Sarah, you'll understand, her first words back was, I can't believe you messed this up. <laughs> not i love the knife thank you she loves the knife but her first response was i cannot believe you messed this knife up. have you tried to fix the so. delamination with some pinto sauce because i hear that uh, that stuff works on everything. 
Oh yeah, it's, nah, that's nah, like Frank's nah, red hot. That ain't gonna work, man. <laughs> I put that stuff on everything. I put it. No, it was. Uh, I had to catch myself there for a minute. <laughs> we were all thinking it. <laughs> it was. It was a good show. I, I, you know, made some good sales. Got a couple custom orders. Um, I think I sent you guys pictures of one. Some guy went over to Sarah's table and saw these coyote jawbones that were in uh, a glow in the dark resin and asked her he's like can you make a knife and she's like no i don't make knives anymore she goes but here let me walk you over to my friend who does <laughs> so the guy ordered a knife he's gonna have some glow in the dark coyote jawbone handle that'll be pretty cool um and then came back monday and got a call on monday and somebody asked me hey is that damn steel knife still available yes it is and so they bought it that morning so that's awesome it's a good week it's a really good week the damn steel you're talking it's, about the chef knife. man the chef knife yeah the damn where did chef it knife go the where Ford did it go if you don't mind me asking i mean just to location uh, in the world Oh, it went to uh, Kerrville, Texas. So, oh, cool. um, you know, out uh, past San Antonio and, mm-hmm. and, and Austin and whatnot. So went to a, um, it's a family member. It's a, it's, it's, it's a cousin and uh, who's bought some of my knives before. And yeah, he's like, I've been wanting a really good chef knife. And he goes, man, if I can get one that you made that looks like that, he goes, nobody's ever topping this one. Absolutely. That, that, that is, uh, that, I will say that, even over your tactical knife that won, and it's a be- that was a beautiful knife, that chef knife was probably one of the most beautiful knives I- I've ever seen. And I, uh, I don't mind uh, don't mind saying that publicly. It was just a gorgeous blade. The, Thank uh, you. Sarah yeah, did nice. such a good job, and um, you oh, puckered yeah. right mm. through the grind and got it all. <laughs> I, ground that, I ground that thing so thin that I actually sliced a tomato before I put an edge on it. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, pretty thin. That is pretty thin. <laughs> it's very thin. I told him, I said, please just make sure you're using a good cutting board. Like, you know, there's no such thing as a glass cutting board. That's a pastry board. You know, <laughs> right. don't cut it on your granite countertops, please. Like, get a good wood cutting board or, a, a, you know, a heavy-duty plastic one and take care of this thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but 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 will he be able to uh, whack wood with it? Uh, what, do you, what do you call that? I want to use the word. <laughs> A baton? I really baton. hope he doesn't baton with it. Oh, man, that would be horrible. <laughs> Chef knives in general typically don't have the geometry, nor they're they're typically higher on the Rockwell hardness scale. So, yeah, yeah there would probably be some chipping and breaking. And, Oof. But, what a wonderful yeah. time. And, and Disney so, was good? Disney was good? Disney was great. Disney was great. You know, it uh, got to see my son march in the parade with his marching band oh, cool, right down yeah. our, our Main Street do past the castle. Yeah. That was really cool. So, and then uh, came back and got back to work and already got some knives ready to crank out. I, uh, working on my first dagger. So mad props to, you know, Eric and, you know, like Matt Rich and all these guys on TRE workshop that are making these daggers for the viewer oh, challenge. Yeah. I've never made a dagger before. I don't think I'm going to make any more for a while. <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's frustrating, but I got it. Um, and oddly enough, I'm making this dagger. It's a boot knife, and I'm making it for my daughter's 14th birthday. Sweet. Well, she's going to start dating. She wanted. She's going to start dating That's at 16. Awesome. So you've got a, you know. And she's a crack yeah. shot too. I I pity the boy that breaks her heart. <laughs> Man. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, so yeah, you've you've just been doing all kinds of cool knife things the past couple of weeks. It's been fun watching you. 
even though you weren't able yeah to well, it was fun it. listening to you guys right having all four of you guys on and that was a funny show that y'all did two weeks ago i i had a blast listening to that one with pinto sauce and all that <laughs> man anybody that's listened to this one that hasn't listened to that one go back and listen i will tell you and it's just great because you know i know all the inside baseball to all of this and you know through the text uh, thread that we've got but it was still so much fun to go back and listen to it you know what you know what's in the pinto sauce and you put that you, what's that <laughs> I don't know, but I, oh, I know what's I, in Pinto. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I put that schnitt all over everything. <laughs> Be, beware! Hey, hey, one more, one more thing. I, one more thing I want to mention Schnitzel. about that knife show yeah. is I talked to at least half a dozen guys um, that were makers. A lot of times when you go to these shows, you'll get guys that are makers that come through that don't have a table. You know, maybe they've they've just started making or they don't have enough stock to put on the table, and they come through and they want to ask you questions. I met at least half a dozen guys that were list that are listeners of this podcast. So I want to thank them for stopping by and asking questions. And we talked about the podcast. They all said they really appreciate it. They love the tips that we get. And so that was pretty rewarding too, to uh, know that we've got listeners out there that like the show and are getting value out of it. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. And I, I would thank like to say it, yeah, it's really it's cool. cool to have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to have, uh, you know, we've had Eric as our celebrity. And now we've got you as the award-winning celebrity in our group. So we're going to respect yeah. your celebrity. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So, so Chris, at these shows, you get to pick who you want to put your table by? No, not usually. Um, yeah. But I talked to Ethan, who's running the one in Louisiana, Yeah. and told him, I was like, hey, is it, you know, you think it's all right? Because Sarah and I are going to travel out there together. Uh, she'll swing by my house. We'll load up, and then her and me and my buddy Adam, and we'll all head towards Louisiana. Um, and I was like, "Look, we're coming together. We watch each other's table, and honestly, people look at all my knives, and every single segmented set of scales uh, that's on that table um, comes from her. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're like, "Oh, I love this handle." It's like, "Oh, well, this is the lady that made it." <laughs> um, and then they can look at hers, and they look at one of those, and they're like, "Oh, I love this." this handle material and they're not a maker and they're like, well, who can make this knife? And well, okay. Then my friend Chris right here can make it. So we can play off each other um, and help each other out. But yeah. Um, yeah, they said that that shouldn't be a problem for that one. That's it doesn't cool. always work that way though. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I guess the pressure's on now since you called me out. So I told Ethan Lee today that I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got to get, we got to get Joey out there. I think he'll do great at a show like that. So, we all encourage him and keep him on the ball and make sure he's got that table set up. Cool deal. I'm looking forward to it. Otis here, we know you've been uh, keeping the people of Maryland protected um, on the highways and byways, but you've had a lot of cool things going on the past uh, couple of weeks as well. You've been putting out all kinds of cool stuff. Well, not really. I mean, it kind of slowed down a little bit. Had some... Uh, projects to go over and uh, redo so you know just made a a sheath and a, a test knife and that's it i mean mostly mostly the same day in and day out you know the daily grind yep, you've been so, putting some videos well, you made that little wooden figure though you made that little friend of yours like your tom <laughs> oh, hanks yeah, 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 yeah. stranded yeah, on woody, an island woody the shark the shark <laughs> sauce man the, yeah, plank. the little plank, plank. yeah yeah i call him plank. woody <laughs> did you dip him in pinto sauce uh, no. Okay. No, I'll give him a bath on uh, tongue oil. Oh, there sir, you, you should char him up a little bit like yeah. he's been using the pinto sauce. Uh. <laughs> like he got a little too close to the forge. 
<laughs> caught him in the back of the shop smoking that pinto sauce through a glass pipe. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you have somebody to talk to throughout the day when, you know, we don't respond to the messenger chat. So, so, um, uh, so it was fun. So your little broomstick buddy or a little wooden peg buddy, uh, but you've been recording some videos showing us using the pinto sauce and I, I might even. And as you could see, I didn't explode. Mm-hmm. I didn't burst into flames. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was watching Eric's video today that he posted about his tanto and his quenching caught fire while my. But he didn't. also had 90 mile an hour. So he had 90 mile an hour winds. Yeah. No, 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 no. That <laughs> yeah, shouldn't <'cause> matter. <laughs> was he? I didn't. I haven't seen the video yet, Eric. Were you outside? Uh, were you quenching in your tiki hut? Oh man, no! I pulled it. No, outside man, he was outside. Hut. I saw yeah. the Next whole thing. Next to all the expenses. Oh, okay, good. I didn't know if you were inside the tiki hut. Yeah, I saw the video, man. He was outside on a hurricane or something. Man. I'm like, that he's, was he's two thirty-five feet from mile per hour winds. Y'all still yeah, getting yeah. bad weather up there? Yeah, it's it's calmed down it's a lot Texas. today, but yeah, <laughs> thirty-five mile per hour winds, and uh, it was it was. Man, I, it, my forge didn't know whether it wanted to be cool or extremely hot. <laughs> it was it was kind of interesting. I would guess so with so all that extra air rich. blowing through. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's funny whenever I I have somebody come over and they want to you know make a knife or I'm you know helping them walking them through it you know and I always let them you know make sure they get to quench their own blade right and I always ask them I'm like okay do you want to do this the normal way like a knife maker does or do you want to do it the TV way with the forged and fire fireball. <laughs> And they all want the fireball. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not the way I do it. But all right, let's drag this thing outside where I don't have a roof over our head. And I'll let you show you how to make the fireball. <laughs> Pinto sauce will definitely give you a <laughs> giant fireball. I'll give I bet you BPS it would. too. <laughs> yes, yes. It would lock down. So let's take a break and, uh, so we can talk about um, Chris's uh, sponsor he brought on the BPS Foundation. Pop's Knife Supply was started 40 years ago and is owned by four professional knife makers. Andy Roy of Fiddleback Forge, Alan Searles of W.A. Searles Knives, Joey Berry of J.B. Knife Works, and Dirk Lutz of Dirk Lutz Knives. Make a great team of owners carrying on the traditions and business started by James Poplin. Over four decades in business is a testament to the best customer service with same-day shipping on weekdays. Pops only charges actual shipping and any shipping differences are refunded on your orders. Everything you need to make knives from grinding, steel, pin stock, heat treating, and more can be found at Pops. Visit them at popsknife.supplies. And now, back to the show. Now, I got to look up, see if there's really like some place, something called the BPS Foundation. And now, we're, you know, they're going to sue us. <laughs> That's all we need. Do you do a cryo after you do the aluminum plates? Or a dry ice to. bath? No, 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 I didn't. Not yet. I mean, I've been doing mostly for, for my own use. And I found that even after the tempering cycle, I'm still at around 60 Rockwell. So, I mean, I've been thinking about mm-hmm. it, but the extra cost doesn't seem to uh, be worth the, uh, the mm. that well, extra Well, you get an extra one you know, or two, time. you know, ticks and hardness. But, I mean, you can get a Dewar on Amazon, I mean, and 
get uh, local sun. Oh, you can do the – all it's got to – there's a certain temperature it's got to get below. I think it's like negative 120. Mm-hmm. And you can take um, dry ice, yep. which is pretty cheap, and you can take um, – Oh, mineral spirits or denatured alcohol or yep. or something along those lines and very slowly add it to the um you know get you get you a you know a, a bucket or a, a pan like a roasting pan that that's you know three four inches deep like a serving pan yeah and um put it in that and it'll it'll crack and fizzle and pop and do all this stuff but it'll drop down to like negative 130 something or it, really? it's below the negative 120 okay. so it's enough so it's have, not great i mean it's I not have, as good as cryo mm-hmm. but i have a question regarding yeah. the cryo yeah uh so that uh, how long do you leave it in first and will the cryo increase the hardness by one or two rockwell points or will it just make it so that is uh, extra wear resistance i mean what is the no, uh, it'll, the, the well, benefits of cryo it'll it'll increase the the, the rockwell hardness i'll have to check the, dr laren thomas's book but i know for certain stainless steels like aebl mm-hmm. um it, it's kind of needed um you know you get an extra boost out of it but you know other steels maybe you know 154 isn't isn't the case um <clears throat> for the cryo i've seen guys leave it in for you know, an hour or even, you know, longer, some guys overnight, um, for the dry ice bath, you basically just leave it in until the, the dry ice will evaporate, right? That Mm -hmm. carbon dioxide, as it starts to melt, it'll release the carbon dioxide. And then you're left with the mineral spirits, um, or the acetone or whatever you used. And you can just pour that right back in the can and it's, it's good as new. Don't do that. And Um, don't do that. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to tell you something, man. I don't know. Uh, how much more performance I can expect from a cryo. Uh, as I s- stated before on a previous uh, episode, I have one particular knife that I made out of S30V, and I was able to go through seven deer skinned and quartered and all the way through without ever having to retouch the edge. Deer. Yeah, S30 is one of those super steel. It was 87 deer last time we talked. And I went through, you know, uh, I read the recipe for the heat treat. The only thing I couldn't do was cryo at a time. So I would have been able to do eight deer instead of seven with the cryo. Or <laughs> well, weren't you also like buck naked under a full moon? Yeah, and it was 87. Yeah, well, I have that going yeah, too. I mean, you know how yeah. Pinto rolls. Yeah wild in his little wooden buddy, <laughs> little wooden buddy. <laughs> i don't know i don't know chip chip i've seen the pictures on chip's you know facebook page with all that face paint and everything he was what was it somebody said he was harnessing his inner pinto i'm hooked that was scary man i was like that's like rambo 2 or you know whatever that he was. looked like tom berenger from sniper <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> this, this fat old boy thanks you <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, he's like nobody's ever said I wow. look like Tom, Tom Berenger now, not from the movie. Like Tom Berenger now, like seventy five years old. Uh, well, thank you. Still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least you said it. I don't look like uh, what is it, Russell Crowe now or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. It changed a Eric, lot. Our Mickey yes, Rourke. Poor guy has. <laughs> poor guy has. He, he went from yeah. uh, from fit and in shape to Jack Black real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mickey Rourke leaned over and was quenching with the pinto sauce and got the fireball. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Speaking of fireballs that we saw on YouTube today, uh, you put out a video. What's been going on at the Rivers uh, uh, Forge and Knife Works? Well, uh, lots of stuff, of course. We have the, the dagger challenge of videos releasing uh, what would be tomorrow as you know as we're recording this um so on friday uh, the 15th and uh, that's when those are going to release they're going to release at uh, i think it's a uh, 11 a.m central time uh, so it, it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool let everybody see all these videos it's 18 knife makers that ended up actually fully going through with the challenge and uh is going to be something else. It's the the largest knife making, I guess you can say challenge or competition on YouTube and then uh, uh like all of YouTube and it's one of the largest knife making challenges in the world. So it's a it's a pretty big deal because I mean everybody's from all over the place. We got people in Europe, we got people, you know, literally everywhere all over the world uh competing in this. And uh, it's a few million subscribers worth of, uh, worth of well, subscribers. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's going to be something else. And there's such a huge variety. You got everything from simple-looking daggers that were made out of uh, woot steel to, you know, complicated stiletto style to quillions to push daggers to, uh, of course, my double-bladed dagger and all of these different things. It's It's absolutely crazy the amount of stuff that you're too humble to call it darth you're too humble to call it the darth mall yeah yeah no so i've had people call it the darth mall and i've had people call it um the thanos dagger and oh, uh, yeah yeah because yeah, the whole double bladed thing but thing. It, it's yeah. it's uh it is absolutely awesome i'm happy that people can finally watch that episode it's a little bit different than what i typically do editing wise for my videos and uh i think people are going to have fun with that i think people are going to like the episode um it's uh it's different because it doesn't have any of my normal intro and outro music and uh it doesn't have the normal intro it's got a completely different intro it's it's going to be uh something else but i think people like i said are going to like the format that it that i did with it and uh between that and of course working on the the tonto and i've got uh, a few other builds that i'm about to start and a few builds that i'm about to finish but i'll tell you this can you create a homone on 8670 yes does it create a pretty homone on 8670 not really <laughs> not <laughs> not not like what you would typically you know see like i've done homones on 26c3 that leaves the most defined line possible. I mean, it is a line that follows whatever pattern you did your clay with or you did whatever you're going to put on there. It follows that line perfectly. With this, it's kind of like a suggestion for where the color is going to change. It might be, oh, here's a little bit darker here. And then over here, it's a little bit lighter. And then right here, it's jet black. But... uh <laughs> But I, I like I like some of those. I liked when I saw it. I, I hear exactly and saw what you're saying, but um, it still has a really unique look. Yes, yes, it really does, and I I really enjoy the the look of it. I'm 
about to go through and I'm re-sanding it and then I'm going to etch it and see what it looks like after this next etching. And I, I haven't decided uh, exactly what I'm going to do. I was thinking about sanding it and gun bluing it and seeing uh -huh, what that looked cool. like because I can always just sand it back off and do a different thing. I mean, that's the coolest part about it. Um, I'll be finishing it for the next video that it, re it releases. And I just want it to look exactly how I want it to look. And I haven't exactly got there yet. So I'm going to keep playing with it, but I wanted to show people what it would look like if you did a Hamon on 8670, because there's like zero videos out there on YouTube or anywhere of someone actually trying it and yeah. you got so many different opinions and people saying you can do it you can't do it and all this stuff so i just wanted to mm. to show myself trying it and seeing what it did i, I will tell you this if you're gonna do it um you really want to focus the heat on the actual uh, exposed or exposed blade area and not let your uh your clay or whatever you're going to put on it on the spine get near as hot because you have to soak well you don't have to i, I kind of am picky with this stuff uh i did mine uh it fluctuated between 1500 and 1550 because of the the wind and all that but i let it soak for almost five minutes in the forge so how are you probing your temps uh i've got a thermocouple and then of course my electric thermometer the downside to the electric laser thermometer is if you get if you let the heat focus too much on the front of it uh yeah. that will throw off the temp of your laser so let's say the plastic around the the edge of the the, the viewers aren't going to be able to see this but if you if you focus if you have this front section towards the heat for too long and this yeah. heats up to like 100 degrees it'll throw off the temp for okay. what your laser's reading by 50 to 75 to maybe even 100 degrees itself. And so it's useful, but you have to be able to use that while it's staying away from your forge. You bring it up, keep a distance away from whatever you're going to be checking the temp on, and then check the temp on it. Um, but I'll tell you, it's all about thermocoupler and uh, actually making sure that you're trying to keep it where it needs to be and you're moving the blade in and out of the forge and yeah. letting it do its thing. It's, it's a pain in the butt, but for steels that are supposed to have a soak time, I would prefer to have at least a three minute soak time before I quench it. And, uh, it was kind of a pain in the butt because during that process, the, the clay, you know, got pretty warm and I don't know if that affected the actual, uh, it could have been a lot of stuff that affected the actual hormone on this. Have, I think yeah. it could have got, yeah, I think it could have got a crisper one, but it still produced a hormone and the spine is still softer. The spine uh, is right at about 40 uh, HRC. And then the edge is a, a 60 uh, file barely catches it. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, 55 doesn't at all. Um, mm -hmm. So it's in that in between, it might be around 58, 59, um, uh -huh. which is perfectly fine. And I've got 40 on the spine. So it, it did what it's supposed to toughness. do. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the, uh, the last uh, 1084 that I did, um, I got similar results just without the, um, the clay. Yeah. I don't know if you remember when I, when I sent uh, the pictures there, you can see that black line about three-eighths uh, of an inch high from the edge all the way from the, the, um, my plunge line to the tip. You know, you can see that extra dark area there on 1084, but without the, the clay. And I got pretty much the same thing, around 40 on the spine. And uh, after tempering, barely under 60 on a file on the uh, on the edge. So, yeah, I, I got some pretty good stuff there, too. Eric, where did you uh, find that uh, laser gun, temperature gun, uh, that would go high enough to uh, 1,500 so, degrees? Oh, so, you can get on Amazon. He probably raided Darth Vader's uh, locker <laughs> or something, man, because that laser gun. <laughs> yeah, so this one right here is, uh, you can get it off of uh, Amazon, and this will go up to uh, 2,732 degrees. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So that that is what the yeah, like, what fifty bucks? Uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. I think somewhere it was like 40, 40, 50, 50 bucks somewhere. I there. think it was fifty nine because I wanted the one that went up yeah. over two thousand degrees, mm -hmm. and uh, yep. it was right at about fifty nine. Yeah, I've looked at them at How Home Depot, and they don't go your... that high uh, at all. No, <laughs> no, those only go to like six hundred. Yeah. And How close does it have to be from the from the steel? I for you to read properly. Two feet. It can be pretty yeah. far away because it's yeah. a laser. Right, it can be kind of wherever you want it to be. Like I said earlier, you just want to make sure it's not too close because the front of it, the plastic little shroud around the laser will get warm and it will throw off the temp. Yeah. Another and, question. And don't use it to test your own temperature. Like for a COVID test, you don't want to get that laser. In there. <laughs> just that's a disclaimer for our listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> As Eric tries it. 95.9. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my. <laughs> nice um as far as the uh youtube challenge can anyone uh join that or is it just a youtuber thing or so with the youtube challenge uh it is for just youtubers uh but okay. the the only limitation that's on there is that you need to have over 1000 subscribers um the point behind that is this challenge helps grow channels and we want to make sure that if someone's going to get a ton of views off of this, that their video can at least be monetized because if to be monetized on YouTube, you have to have a thousand subscribers and at least 4,000 hours watched in a year. And you want to make sure that if we're going to boost someone up that much, that they can at least benefit from it. Um, and so we put that, that limit thousand subscribers and uh, it's, it's going to get pretty crazy because again, the, the next one we have a possibility of Will Stelter, Jason Knight, uh, and, um, Jimmy DeResta and like a, a few other people that are going to, uh, try and join up and, and compete in the next one that we're going to do. And we're hopefully going to be doing a, uh, possibly a chopper style knife in the next one, which is going to be pretty cool because, if uh, Keaton from Far Away Forge joins, he's probably going to make a, you know, if y'all have ever seen the the sword that the guy carries on a Silent Hill, uh, the like the game or the the movie that came out, the horror movie, the dude that had like the like fifteen foot long 
sword and the big pointy helmet thing. Uh, he'll probably make something like like that because he made a <laughs> freaking Gaiuto knife that was three feet long. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Do you think we could wow. get uh, get Paul Senior to uh, from Orange County Choppers to uh, make a knife three inch chopper to give away Paul, as an award? Paul <laughs> <laughs> or Paul Junior, either one of them. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Do the do a bicycle chain or the the bike chain Damascus or something like that. Um, yeah, that would be so cool. the uh, the cool thing about this this dagger one is we have people that made like I said simpler ones that focused on technical stuff. People who focused focused on like more machine quality stuff, and then people who focused on all the different versions of Damascus that you can possibly do. Um, we got one that has like a the guard on it is wrought iron that they over etched so that it ate away a lot of the fibers and wrought iron and then they uh, melted in copper into that to make it look like some crazy rustic just old school thing and it is it is unreal like there there's a bunch of people in this that just made crazy stuff and the the youngest person on it is 17 years old uh kid named Liam that seventeen and he made a beautiful stiletto style that, dagger that is nuts. Is that Liam Liam Penn? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah he did uh yeah, he did some pretty, of his apprentice work under Will Stutler. Yeah. He's uh he's something Is there a size limit for the daggers for the challenge? No. So we were thinking about doing parameters. We had a about uh, I don't know, probably a five-hour discussion on the, the Slack channel that we have about whether we wanted to do parameters for the next challenge, and uh, I advised everybody against it. But we uh, we didn't really do parameters. The, the whole point behind not having parameters is y- you have those on shows like Forged and Fire because they have to be able to eliminate somebody to go to the next round. Like, you, you have to be able to say, you know, you, you, and you made it through but you didn't because you didn't meet X, Y, Z. And that's the way mm-hmm. for them to eliminate. But for the, the YouTube challenge, I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of people that are judging this thing. And a lot of them could care less whether we made a hidden tang knife or a full tang knife or a knife that was between 13 and 20 inches or any of that. They just want to sit back, relax, and watch us beat on stuff and grind things and cut things. Um you know, to them, to, to people who watch YouTubers, even if you're a full-time knife maker that just happens to do YouTube, to them, you're a YouTuber that just happens to do knives because they're seeing it through the entertainment aspect of it, not this is what you do for a living because to them, they watch you on YouTube all the time. That's what you do to them. That's You film yourself yeah. doing things. The Alex Steele. You know, yeah. it, it's the, yes. the Alex Steele approach, right? Like, he doesn't have, you know, three million subscribers or I don't know how many he has, but he's got millions, right? He doesn't have that many millions of subscribers that are blacksmiths and bladesmiths, right? It's just people nope. that like to watch it for entertainment value. Yeah. I yep, know there's definitely a following because, <laughs> yeah, there's some non-YouTubers that are just like building along with y'all, it looks like. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of that. It gives a lot of ideas, a lot of uh, things to think about. Yeah. Now, you all got me thinking about, I want to make me one too, right? I want to probably start working on a dagger. Mr. The Riot here, he posted some pictures earlier today of a little, pretty little dagger that you, you drew on a mm-hmm. computer. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to take a page out of your books and going to start making on a, making a speaking dagger. Of that, speaking of that, Joey, you've been... Uh... Uh, uh, tell us about the software you use. I know that it's a subscription service, but what have you been working on the last couple of weeks as well? I've seen some neat so, drawings and products coming out of your shop. Yeah, I've just been designing, uh, doing a lot of designing and tinkering and changing things on some of these uh, knives that I've showed y'all. And uh, so I just want to basically been focused on uh, trying to uh, get some stuff done uh like getting a logo made and uh trying to gear up to uh do this show now that chris called me out so <laughs> now where's the show at Located. it's in lafayette lafayette louisiana yep so that's about six hours from me hmm. yep yeah you, you should, should come on down yeah you, get you to should meet come me, on down right and sarah yeah, I was going to say you and guys get along to with meet, a bunch of you other guys really get cool to meet makers. me, and I'll wear my grease paint. So I mean, <laughs> when, when like, I'd be like Tom Chris, Berenger. we'd be at the show and be like, Chris, who's that guy? That guy looks is like that Tom Berenger. Is that Uncle Cy? Is that Uncle That's Tom Berenger. That's Tom Berenger. Hey, when when is the show? It is September September tenth. Yeah, yeah, because I think September eleventh on a. Uh, a Sunday. I'm pretty sure it's September 10th. Yeah, because the first one they did, or the second one they did, was on the 11th, and it was kind of cool because they wanted to keep doing that because of the you know whole 9/11 thing. And uh, so, but yeah, I've, I've just been designing, uh, making a couple of different blades, and uh, now that I got everything designed, I quit designing and and start uh, actually processing some of these blades. And uh, get them get them finished and done for this show. So that's basically what I've been trying to do. So Joey, when you're doing those the designing, are you using knife print? I am. I do use knife print. I I, I use knife print. I think knife print's a really useful tool for me. My yeah. my opinion. Uh, normally, what I do is uh, when I start designing something, I'll put it on paper first. Uh huh. And then uh, I'll. Come. Have you ever imported it in? Yes. I, yep. Yeah. Were you import in the paper and then trace it in the program? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm serious. The, the trace yeah. function. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. 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 It saves a lot of yes, time. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And then from there, you can do all your tweaking. Uh, you know, yeah. you can change the geometry how you want it. Uh, do what you. Uh, and so I've been doing a lot of that, and um, and I think knife prints are really useful too. <laughs> Watching I think Eric, I like I'm it. I've got, Eric make it I've got rain a subscription. with uh, templates. Yeah. <laughs> er, Eric's making confetti over there with all of his He's templates. I think it's, a, um, it's a great tool because I just wait for you to do something and then I copy it, put my name on it, give it some American Indian name, well, and boom. Chip, Chip I, I've been waiting. I sent you. I've sent you a profile. You haven't. You haven't even did anything yet with it. It's in like a I've folder been... in my book of knives to make. I've got to get inspired. <laughs> gotta get inspired gotta get inspired I, I mean I, you didn't even tell me if you liked it or not oh i'm man. sorry i, was, I thought i did tell oh, you yes oh. i like it very don't hurt his feelings man don't make the riot mad <laughs> I'm 
sorry, man. I'm sorry. You don't want to see that. I'll do some Cajun voodoo on here or something. I know. No, I do like it very much. And and honestly, honestly, um, I was looking at the grind on it, and I thought maybe I should wait until um, I get my um, Maribraid grinder. That would be good. I would would like to get a uh, wheel with it and uh, practice on that and put a you know do a uh, little different type of grind hollow grind yeah you do a little different basically what i recommended yeah and i don't have the ability to do that right now with uh i'm not going to mention it because chris just laughs at me hey listeners let's take a moment today to thank one of our sponsors for today's show and that sponsor is ameribraid grinders Eric and Kevin over at Ameribraid have sold thousands of these grinders, and they are super nice guys, and their customer service is excellent. I would know. I've been personally using their 2x72 grinder now for two years, and it has changed my knife making to a whole new level. So if you're in the market for or looking to upgrade from that 1x30 or 2x42, then give Ameribraid a look. There you'll find they have three packages of grinders to offer. They have a mastery package foundations package and a get grinding package in which all of them come at different price points so i'm sure you'll find something that'll suit your needs as a knife maker also ameribraid has a ton of innovative attachments for their grinders so listeners you can find out about all of this at www.ameribraid.com go give them a look see what they have to offer today and now Back to the show. Grind with the Dremel. And hey, a two-bop the Dremel if, grinders. If, uh, if anybody from Ameribraid is listening to this podcast, give this man a discount so he can get himself a grinder. The money is... I know, so we can stop talking about his uh, his 2 by 42 and he won't feel inadequate. Yeah, the money will be here in uh, in June, so I uh, I will be getting it then. But, but uh, yeah, I do love... He only has to sell 37 more flushing knives. Right. That's it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Let me let me tell you what I've been doing. I have learned. Do you know that if you batch knives, you make knives quicker? Duh. Uh, yeah, you absolutely. Have to, you have to throw the artist absolutely. totally out. And here's what I figured, and I, I it was an epiphany. And I think I don't know if I think you just have to to discover it. Is that if I make all these blades, I do all these rough grinds, and then I here's the trick. Then you heat treat them and temper them. And then you go back to finishing them one or two at a time, but they move quickly that way because yep. you've. And, and what I did, I've made five knives. That's my biggest batch right now. I've got five knives sitting on my bench, maybe a sixth one tomorrow morning. But um, if you figure an hour to get my forge up and heat it up and heat the knife and then put it all away, I've spent an hour per knife, and you know three hours, four hours um, tempering, and. Uh, and so if you do that five times four is 20 and five times one is five, I'm doing 25 hours worth of work and probably, um, you know, maybe three or four hours worth of work. So, yeah. um, I'm keeping track of it. Doing five or six, doing five or six is like the perfect size batch size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it depends upon like I have the kiln. So for me, it's how many I can fit in the kiln. Right. Um, also how much oil do you have? Right. I mean, if you've got that big old vat of pinto sauce, then you could do a lot. Right. <laughs> but if you've got, I know where to get gallons. pinto sauce yeah. in a few minutes. If, yeah. if you've got, Six if you've got two gallons of parks 50, 
it's going to heat up too quickly if you do more than about four or five blades. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you need more. You need volume so that you can dissipate the heat more because once that you know, gets too hot, then you can't do it. Now you're having to wait around for it to cool off. Well, I've yeah. actually, which is, I've actually which got is, five gallons of parks, and I can set up a second uh, quench tank because I've got the ability to do that. Um, yeah. Get you one of them big 50-gallon drums or you and set them? that forged-in-fire fireball coming out of there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I are think you those are, I think those are 30 gallons. I think it's called Fire for, for Show, Pinto for Dough, or something like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been debating about doing that, but I don't want to spend all the money on the Parks 50. <laughs> That's a lot of Parks 50. 30 well, gallons? Yeah. 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 That's a that's expensive. Yeah, that is very expensive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I got five gallons too, but. Yeah, yeah. I, pretty, I, I didn't know, say, pricey. I hope I didn't say 50 gallons. I've got five gallons. So what? No, yeah, you, you said oh, you had okay. like five. You said five. Okay. Yeah, you said five. <laughs> I said get you a big old 50-gallon vat and just, you know, that way you can get the bigger fireball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So I, um, the other thing is it's going to speed it up. I'm making my last knives in a coal forge, at least for making lots of knives. Like I said, I've got this love affair with my oh. coal forge. So today I deposited the money, and tonight when we hang up, I'm uh, going to be ordering my Majestic Forge. And I went back and I started ordering it at the beginning of the week. But I went back and looked at other forges, the pluses or minuses, and uh, I uh, I just couldn't say no to it. Um, you know, I, I could save some money and get something else that uh, I don't know if it's necessarily inferior, but this thing looks so well made, and it's got the uh, seal of approval from uh, uh, one of the best knife shows out there that I've never seen an episode of, but I've seen those forges. Um, I'm going to go watch a show this week so I can report back next time. I'm just going to go ahead and break my my thing the best season is season four season four okay i'll go back and watch (laughs) that but um so yeah i'm ordering it and i think it's uh what a week or two to get it in so uh when it gets here um i'm i'm making uh, a couple larger knives right now and i wanted those to be the first ones that i put through it um and uh i'm sure i'll have good things to say on the other side so most importantly do you got all your propane and propane accessories I do. I yeah. do. You don't have to be. You don't have to be from Texas, from Arlen, Texas, to, to get good propane accessories. Hey, Bobby, Bobby, that boy just ain't right. That boy ain't right. God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> now I see the riot. He needs to be the boomhauer. You know, that's a. I'm gonna tell you something about some old man being on spin. We've got some of those younger makers that uh, that Eric was talking about. Those 17 year olds that are listening right now, going, "What in the world are these guys talking yeah, about?" I do not understand these you know, references. <laughs> Eric, you talked earlier about Liam Liam studying and apprenticing under Will Stelter. I was like, man, you combine the two of their ages, and you can add a third maker, and they still won't get to chip. No kidding. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it beats the alternative. A long, long life beats the alternative. <laughs> so those those majestic forges, I've I've looked at them too because I just have a right now it's um, and I don't use it for heat treat anymore, so it's not used as much. But I've got an old Freon tank that a guy here in Texas makes, and but I've looked at like the two burner and three burner. And I heard y'all talking about that on one of the previous podcasts. Um, the only thing, and Joey, you've got one of these, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. The only thing that I had read where people had any form of complaint about them was they say that they the exterior like it does get hot right like it, it will heat up your shop no you know, doubt it's 
No doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's why when you see those guys on forged in fire and they're drenched in sweat, yes, it's because those things put off heat. Yeah, they but do. any self. Yeah, I used that during winter to heat up my. True, but shop. any self-respecting. Uh, I went through a couple of propane and tanks. And I don't really push mine. That. I mean, it gets yeah. hot. Any self-respecting blacksmith or knife maker needs to be covered in a little soot and sweat. Just got to look the part. Now, Joey, what size propane tank do you use for that? A uh, hundred gallon. The okay. uh, hundred pound, sorry, hundred pound. Yeah, the hundred pound, the big one. Yeah. yeah. How long does that last? I don't think you've run out yet, have you? No. No. I've got. Uh, I've got. How a, fun is that to get that refilled? <laughs> oh man, I know you leave with your pocketbook hurting. Now I've got a regular <laughs> yeah. uh, propane tank right now off of an old gas forge because I use coal. I don't use propane and propane accessories. Um, See, so I've got an old tank. How long will that last? How, how big is it? Just a regular grill. Like size a twenty tank. pound. Yeah. The twenty pounders. Yeah. Like a five uh, gallon. Yeah, you'll uh, you'll probably heat treat uh. Maybe about a dozen knives. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. So if you're you if, get the if you're forging with that tank, uh, you'll do yes a, a couple. You knives. Won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it'll yeah. go fast and it'll yeah. freeze up. It will definitely yes, especially freeze if up. you're running multiple burners. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to freeze up, there's a neat little trick you can do. Have a a a, a fifty uh, or the fifty gallon drum of cut it in half, fill it water. up with water. And have uh, you know just sitting in yep. there, it will be bobbing on the water. Yep. I'm glad you it said water and from, not soak it in pinto, pinto sauce. sauce. Or <laughs> no, 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 that would be bad. That would be bad. Pinto sauce is uh, extremely, it, uh, you know, little burner, <laughs> yep. a little nice warmer yeah. under there. <laughs> yeah, lights just, that lights know, that propane so, tank and shoots it off like turn, a rocket. Goes like yeah, three turn, miles into space. Some, turn the forge and have it pointing toward it. Towards the tank. Keep it nice and hot. Well, if I'm doing, and make sure the line, make sure the line is touching the side of the forge, and yeah. <laughs> well, and as you're hammering, yeah. make sure your slag and all those sparks are like flying towards yeah. the pinto yep. sauce. Y'all yep. completely anyway, ignore us, listeners. Yeah, don't please. This is a disclaimer. <laughs> please don't do any of this. Don't do well, any. We are not no, liable. But yeah, I mean seriously, you, you can uh, you you can you can keep it from freezing up just by a. You know, put it in some some sort of a warm water and just let it float. Yeah. So if you if you drink you enough know, beers there, and just relieve and yourself on the it. tank, would that be enough to break up the ice? <laughs> uh, it depends on the outside temperature. You might not do anything. Oh, you don't yeah. want to freeze yourself. Maryland, to, man. You don't want to freeze yourself to the tank. That's for sure. No. Well, if you get that if if you get that um, you know thermometer, that digital thermometer, and you can check to see what the temperature is as you're relieving yourself on it, and see if you can lower. It should be around ninety-seven. You gotta get real degrees. accurate though with that. Oh, yeah. Look at that. You gotta get real accurate with that laser 6. though. Six. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might need a break from one of our sponsors. Hey. We'll be right back. Yep. As knife makers, we all know the importance of quality handle material. Something that's both tough yet beautiful will increase the value of your knives and allow you to build something that your customers will love. When it comes to the handle material for my knives, I choose Swiatkowski Scales. Run by Sarah Halpain and her mentor Alex Swiatkowski, they have a combined 20 years experience making handles and knives. They offer stabilized burls, exotic hardwoods, vintage micartas, and some of the best segmented scales in the business. Find them on Instagram at Swikowski Scales or on their website, SwikowskiScales.com. That's S-W-I-E-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I Scales.com. Winging it. 
going pretty well, guys. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. We're getting good at this. Oh, this one's fun. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you are. Yeah, man. We're glad tablets. to have you back. So, yeah, Chris, uh, congratulations on your, your your accomplishment there. You know, it's uh, it's something. It's Thank something. you. It's you something. could actually you know, sit around I'm, like I'm this. jealous. Just, like I'm, uh, just hold yeah. that pinky up. Oh, that's how I drink food. my – yeah, I drink my tea with yeah. my pinky yeah, up I would now. sit and just yeah, – when you, you talk should. to people, I don't, just hold your pinky up. Yeah. This is Chris. Looking uh, very majestic on those photos there with them bees like, and everything, you know. Yeah, he's really like, nice. I don't always win knife competitions, but when I do, I do. <laughs> 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 I, tell, I tell you what, though, I, you know, I said earlier that, that that's when I felt like I really arrived as a knife maker, but that, that wasn't 100% true. Um, it wasn't until a couple of days after when I got my first internet troll. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. That's when I felt I had really arrived. Yeah. So tell us um, about this we, internet we've troll. All, <laughs> yeah, we've all chatted about this, um, but uh, I'll bring the listeners up to speed. So, you know, my knife that I... That I I entered was one of my Ridgeback designs, right? And it's got a harpoon fin or swedge or whatever, a tactical, you know, uh, look to it, right? On the top, on the spine. And um, I there was a user that jumped on and uh, tagged Logan Bracken, um, who from uh, Bracken Blades, uh, who I know, um, is a friend of mine. And he has a design that also has a swedge harpoon clip called the Nightmare. And um, this guy tagged him and said, hey, Logan, this looks a lot like a nightmare, doesn't it? And I thought, you know, I shouldn't really entertain this guy and respond, but I did. And I mentioned that, hey, I respect Logan as a maker. And I've been designing this knife for, you know, two plus years. I've only known Logan for a little over a year. And the guy comes back with, yeah, sure you did, you know, or something like that. Did you say, look at the and point, just kinda, this point. Look away that point comes up. That's kinda, me. That's my point. Yeah, it just kind of irked me. And this guy's a follower of, of, of Logan. So I messaged Logan. And um, Logan's a good stand-up guy. He, he came right back out. And, you know, within about 10, 15 minutes, he went and commented to the guy and said, hey, this is just a design. You know, there's a lot of makers. You know, this has been going on long before Chris and I have ever even started making knives. This is a design. And, and I tell people when they come up to my table, and you know, they're, I, I let them all know, like, hey, you can handle anything pick it up. Um, you can uh, take pictures. I don't care. Um, <clears throat> and it's, you know, I want them to get inspiration from them, right? Take one of my designs. Cool. You like the fact that I've got that harpoon clip, go design yourself a knife with a harpoon clip. You're not stealing my design, right? You're, you're taking inspiration from it. If you are going to do almost exact, you know, give me some credit, right? When you go to post it. Um, <clears throat> but I, I had a, a conversation with, um, Rob from, uh, I believe, yeah, I'm almost positive it's Rob, from Blue Canoe Forge. He's out in New Bronzeville, Texas. Um, Journeyman Smith, he makes some great knives. Um, and he did a run of, of those uh, boot knife daggers. And my daughter kept going over to his table, and she was just fascinated by them. And um, so came over there, and, you know, he understands that, you know, I'm a fellow knife maker. I'm not going to buy my daughter one of his, you know, very nice um, daggers. That, And so he told her, he's like, take a picture, design your own, be inspired by it and that's fine right like it's it's okay and and i say that there's not a there's not a design out there or 99.99% of all designs out there that have an edge a tip and a handle have already been done well let me right? let me let me add this to it i um have talked a little bit about my fishing lure business and i still make fishing lures from time to time for special folks and 
people always say, oh, you have to patent this, and this is great, but you can't patent anything that just mimics nature. Um, you can't patent mm. something that looks like a fish. You can't. It's got to be have a mechanical advantage. So eventually, uh, I worked in a, a facility that uh, had circuit board material, and I started using circuit board lips, uh, making my dive lips out of circuit board material. Somebody said, you sure should uh, patent patent that or get the rights to it and i'd already done the other thing looked into it and i just didn't approach it and then i made some uh um, lips for a particular guy that it was in the industry and next thing i know i tell you if you go to bass pro shops right now those expensive lures uh all have my carta lips and uh i mean i don't know if i'm the father of my carta because if you look for you know bps on uh online uh, you're going to find BPS has many different meanings, and many people have it, and you're not the first one to coin it there, Chris. But uh, the <laughs> now we know why Chip doesn't like my Carta. <laughs> but 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 exactly. Um, but but uh, you see a lot. No, I don't. It, it's it's flattery. Now, if you look at knives, you don't really have to get into the whole. It's got a knife. It's got a handle. Yes, they have since the beginning of time. Um, but what gives it a mechanical advantage to set it out? If you're you know. I don't. Th- I'm making a knife right now. I would. I think it's kind of like what you were saying. I was totally inspired by Trollsky. He's just got this yeah. beautiful design, and I'm making a knife right now. Uh, and I'll probably end up selling it, or I'll give it away to a to a friend. Probably sell it. And uh, and I'm going to tell you right now. I'm inspired by his designs. I tell you what. You can't lay it up against any knife that he's made, and say, hey, that's his that's his exact design. Nor can you look at the finished product and go. My gosh, this looks like a Trollsky knife because I can't emulate those exact little things that he does that makes his knife so beautiful. I can only do what I do. Well, and even if you did, it's got your personality, right? It's got your take on it, your twist, you know, subtle curves differently. It's got your maker's mark, your choice of handle material, your pen placements. Trollsky's pen placements are very um, distinct, yeah, right? Yeah, gorgeous. He's got gorgeous. one very, very far up. Um, you know, at the front of the bolster near, very close to the Ricasso, much, much closer than most makers. And a lot of times he's got one lanyard hole in the back, yeah. right at where it comes to that point. Right. I mean, beautiful design, but Trolsky didn't invent that design. He, he, he has his look and take. And, and as long as the maker's not trying to replicate 100% down to every last little detail of another maker's work, right. then you know, we're, it's 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 inspiration, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, just like music it, has been. You know, who influenced the art right. artists art, as a musician? Art, music. Yeah. It's yeah. It's all. It's all. You know. I sure would like to theft, copy the. Right? I sure would <laughs> like to copy his pepper though. His pepper is is like the coolest, most simplest, coolest little maker's mark. I, I love it, his pepper. Yeah. It reminds me. Yeah. There was. If you guys ever saw, like, uh, we're all of the appropriate age, except for Chip. He's a little older. Um, but Vanilla Ice back in the '90s when he came out with Ice Ice Baby. You know, and it, it's, I used it's to have Queen's a vanilla ice haircut. Oh, yeah. It's ding, 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 not ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the way he did like it, this. it was like mine. one. My, mine's a little different. Mine yeah. goes ding, 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 ding. You know? Yours goes dun, 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 dun. <laughs> right. We're like, okay, yeah. It's the same thing, right? It's uh, first time I made one of my barbecue slicers, it's got a K-tip, right? Ah. There's no, there's no maker that invented the K-tip, but, you know, Jeff Fader does it very well. Yeah. And, you know, he's got it on his. And so I made a K-tip knife. I posted it. I tagged Jeff and said, hey, I was inspired by his work. You know, mine's obviously different. I've got a different heel height. I've got a different, um, 
you know, handle shape. I've got my handle that I put on it, not his. And, you know, he, he came back and said, Hey, looks great. Um, you know, and, and so you, you kind of have to see it as a, um, it's, it's a form of flattery, right? I've been inspired Um, by the forks he's making and I'm not going to start selling forks or anything, but I've got going to make a fork in my future just to, you know, the carving forks he makes are beautiful. So he's inspired me to make one. Yeah. Those serving forks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, His, his choice of handle materials, man, his, all those colors. I mean, it's just, wow. I mean, the guy's got an art degree, Yeah. right? I mean, that's what he does. He made fishing lures that were like gigantic, right? Yeah. Right. Eight, 10 feet long. Um, but very distinctive style, right? Mm -hmm. If I was to go out and do the exact same handle material on the exact same knife. Yeah. You know, I, 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 if I did it one time to say I could do it, great. If I decided to make a market out of it and try to go replicate and sell knives and, and be the, hey, I'm going to undercut his prices and, and do the exact same knife for 25% cheaper. Okay, yeah, there's something wrong with that. But no makers are doing that no. that I know of. Well, I did have an idea standing out in front of Walmart and selling my own brand of forged in fire knives. <laughs> I will tell oh, you really? this. Uh, <laughs> if I ever see a knife that has a Texas flag on it, I immediately think Etsy. Um, that is like probably. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you got so a you're problem? You're from Etsy. You are from Etsy. <laughs> my tattoo is from Etsy. I I made myself I made myself a knife that has a, a, a Texas theme handle. It's um, Bradford Hunt Designs. Bradford Hunt makes it. I, I guarantee you right now that handle scale is about three times the cost of one of those Etsy knives. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> is it? Dem- but, yeah, no, it- I made that knife, and then I had it tattooed on my arm. So. Hey, but is that knife uh, the, the Damascus, the, 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 the Pakistan Damascus, or is it? Oh, yeah, uh, that etched Damascus like blade. Damascus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. The, made from hubcaps and uh, soda cans. Do you guys get those guys on Instagram that always follow you and Gosh. Like- Send you I messages one going, do you want to buy an axe? Yeah, they're, like, wanting, why are you they're soliciting wanting to sell me, me pre-made knives. And they're like, you can put your logo on this. And I'm like, nah. They're always Dude, soliciting I you. you guys, like, I, I got a friend request today I, from a guy named Perry Phil. And he's a handmade maker out of Atlanta. And he basically makes Pakistani knives. Yes. <laughs> and I'm yes. like, I guarantee I bu- you're not in yeah. Atlanta. Exactly. I have like, a I've bunch never of followers seen this guy. like that. We don't share any friends in the shop and uh, he bought a whole bunch of uh, these uh, Packy Mascus knives and he brought it over and he is stamping his own brand on them and he's selling them as if he's the one making it. What? Oh, that probably, those probably came from Texas actually via, uh, they they came from Pakistan via Texas. There's a company here in outside the Houston area that, that, you know, imports all of these from Pakistan and um, then sells them um, to other guys that will then etch their logo on them. And they'll, you know, say that they're handmade. And then they'll, when you ask them if they made it, they've always got some story about, you know, oh, I've got some cousin that this, you know, he, you know, there's some, there's never a straight answer, um, but they always mm-hmm. say that they made it. Yeah. Right? I've, I've seen those knives in person yeah. at a uh, Virginia gun show. As a matter of fact, there is one coming up <clears throat> next week called the Nation's Gun Show. I go there just to throw and look. I do too. I mean, there is so <laughs> many. I do it uh, at the car shows. Looking knives That's in not there. a knife. This that is, is a knife. Amazing. I, I, you know, knife I, I'll be taking pass. some pictures and sending it to the group. I like how you said that. You know, sending it to you guys, but it's some some uh, some 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 crazy. You ever stuff tell them your there. knife shall not pass? I picked pass? up some blades and some swords that they make. Man, it, it looks like a fish hook. Already warped from uh, from on the table, warped, 
I mean, can you on. hand them out any well, reject stickers? Maybe they the were in Maryland? a hurry. Hand them some reject <laughs> stickers from the Maryland Department of Transportation. Uh, th- this <laughs> yeah. shall not pass. So what I like is whenever you uh, whenever pass. you see the the titles for the knives, and it's like uh, hand forged, handcrafted, chef, tactical, tracking, uh, K bar. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, flesh yeah, and the knives, grammar's and off, and it's knife. misspelled. And yes. Yeah. Forged yes. on an unguarded. 25 uh, 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 horsepower motor with being hey, <laughs> being speed controlled with my foot. only the finest flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. S- sitting you, you down on I the think, dirt floor. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, the, the people who actually uh, uh, import those knives and sell it as their yeah. own in here is a lack of uh, uh, self-respect and oh, yeah. pride. Because when I put one of my knives for sale you can bet your bottom dollar that i made that knife sauce. and i wouldn't put put my name on that knife if i didn't do it i had this uh i will not name names because he might listen to it later uh but i had this guy ask me oh can you make me a knife and then don't put your name on it put my name on it so now man if you want a knife I'll put my name on it. And if you want, I'll put some special marking on the other side for you or even put your oh. name on the other side for you. But my name has to be on that yeah, side I've of the knife. I've told people I don't, it, I I don't made put anything. I, if you went to Nike and you, you got a you know you got a, a, a polo shirt, right? And you want to have your like logo embroidered on one side. You don't go to Nike and be like, hey, I really like your shirts, but I want one without a swoosh. Yeah. They're gonna be like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. See I've told people that I don't, I don't put anything other yeah. than my logo on knives. I don't have any <clears throat> intention. I'll put. You know, you know he said, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you the same. I'll pay you the same for for the knife. I said, but I just don't want your name. I said, no, no deal. You either have my name on the knife, or you don't have a knife right. at all. You know, so you know, I walked away. You know, say forget it. You know, you ain't gonna get it. Is for me is a matter of pride mm-hmm. more right. than a matter of making an extra buck in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's for, to get I, their told, name laser laser etched on the blade. I mean, I, I put. I mean, I I put customers' names. You know, they've got a knife that they want to give to a you know a scout for his Eagle Scout, or they you know had a customer that their son graduated from you know Texas uh, DPS and uh, school and was going to be a state trooper and. Yeah, I'll put their name and, you know, the year. I'll, I'll like her brand that. is there. But my brand's always on one side. Yes. I did tell one customer one time, he said, well, I don't want your logo on the blade. He goes, I don't want anything on the blade. And I said, well, <clears throat> I will make one accommodation. And he didn't like it, so he, he said no. But I have um, – I've got a mosaic pen um, that I had made with my logo. Oh, wow. Cool. And I was like, I'll do it. That's cool. But I've, you have to have this mosaic pen. And he's like, no, I don't like that. I, I want a different. And I was like, no, I'm not making you a knife that's completely blank. But one of the, uh, I was at a, a show in Conroe, and there's a guy, I can't think of his name right now, but he makes these push daggers that um, have a, um, like a thumb ring, but your index finger goes in it, right? So it's almost like a pistol grip with a, with a dagger coming out the front, right? So a push dagger that you could fight with, a very distinctive style. And this customer comes up, and again, this shows at a brewery, right? So this guy was lit. And him and his girlfriend come over, and they ask me if I can custom make knives. I was like, yeah, I'll make knives. I was like, with my design? And he goes, I want you to make that guy's knife. And I went, absolutely not. 
And he's like, I don't like that guy. I talked to that guy. He's a jerk. I don't want to have him make a knife. I want you to make it. No. He goes, I'll pay you double. No. He goes, I won't tell anybody that you made somebody else's knife. I was like, I don't do that. I was like, if you want to talk about what you want in a knife, I will design my own flair. And so this guy just wouldn't leave. And so we, we had fun with him. He, he just stopped mid-sentence at one point. And he goes, hold on. And he left and went and got another beer and came back. And I said, you know what? I was like, here, take this piece of paper. Here's a pen. Draw what it is that you... And he drew something that... I'll send a picture to you guys later. I kept it. It's hilarious. We sat and watched this guy doodle on a piece of paper. And then he handed it back to me. He's like, all right, cool. I'll take a look at it and I'll text you. He was so drunk, he doesn't remember the fact that he never gave me his phone number or anything like that. I don't even know his name. And I was just like, sounds good, buddy. <laughs> Move on to another table. <laughs> Adios. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a lot of... Uh lack of uh, pride and integrity and uh, uh, self-respect yeah right absolutely so absolutely, yeah. i mean it's, it's one of those things like uh, uh the the easiest way to explain is for be to a hunter right you wouldn't m- grab somebody else's shoulder mount of a 10 point buck and put it in your house okay if you were a hunter, you oh, wouldn't wait, do I've that. Oh, wait, I've right. done that with fish. I had a huge muskie. No, let me yeah, finish. But let me finish. I knew it. I, had a I don't know about it. fishermen. Okay, I talk same about thing. I had here. a huge muskie that was mounted, and people would come into my office and say, uh, wow, where did you catch that? And I said, I caught it on eBay for 50 bucks. I can bag a, a buck on eBay for 130 bucks and put it in my office. <laughs> Yeah, but see, you are a new hunter. No, that's secondary hunting. You just hunting. went secondary hunting for the hunting. first time. <laughs> secondary. Okay. <laughs> like a second so, kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the all the antlers that I have mounted, because I live in a small apartment, I cannot have a shoulder mount, but I have the antlers mounted on a little shield with a little yeah, cover on it. Yeah, I have some mounts like that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I will forward you guys a picture later. Uh, all of those, I bag them. I put an arrow through them myself up 20 feet off the ground with a bow or a crossbow or whatever uh, happened to be the season, mostly with archery. I think 99% of them were archery. Okay. Hey, I did it myself. One thing, Same thing with a knife. There's one thing like you Rambo need to know about Same thing with a knife. There's one thing you need to know about Otis here. He keeps what he kills. And he mounts it on the wall. He uses it, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, Hey guys. let's uh, let's listen to uh, one of the guys uh, helping us to pay for this podcast. Let's uh, move into that, and we'll be right back. All knife makers need abrasives, plain and simple. Here at Knives Templars, we're proud to partner with Phoenix Abrasives. I used to get my belts from another company, but they spent more time on marketing than they did customer service, sometimes taking two-plus weeks to ship my order. That's not the case with Phoenix Abrasives. They're obsessed with committing all of their resources to customer satisfaction. Whether you're using a 2x72, 2x42, 1x30, or something else, they've got you covered. They even carry Rhino Wet Sandpaper. So go to phoenixabrasives.com shop and enter promo code TEMPLARS10 for 10% off your next order. So. Oh yeah. Here. So Chip... Tell us about your turkey hunting. Right, let's just kind of. Oh yeah, your Tom Berenger trip. Yeah, let's just kind of start talking. Yeah, <laughs> you showed us some pictures, man. I was like, ah, I hope he gets something, man. I hope he gets something. I was really rooting for you, man. You have no idea, because I know 
that the moment you would have seen that gobbler coming your way, you would have been, you would have been shaking like I would have lost my. I would have had BPS. I would have had that, and I would have lost my. Definitely would have had BPS. No, so hey, yeah, you know, I uh, been, I bought a, a Remington, uh, eight seventy, um, back in two thousand three or so, and I bought a rifled barrel with it and. Um, scope and i was going to go deer hunting when i lived up michigan you couldn't have a uh um a uh rifle rifle there we go excuse me i'm 57 that's man. a reason to leave that state <laughs> couldn't have a rifle in the lower <laughs> peninsula uh so you had to use uh, shotguns down there anyway um so when i came down here i've been watching guys going hunting for years and it's been eating at me the only thing i hunted for growing up was golf balls because my dad was a golfer and um the uh but i had cousins that hunted and i've always wanted to do it of course i've been involved in fishing for a long long time and uh i finally just decided to take the the plunge this year and i went out and bought a benelli shotgun and i went out and bought a uh a ruger um 308 and um so uh with the intent of turkey hunting and and starting the deer hunt so i had the opportunity with one of the nicest people i know invited me to go to uh, his deer camp, which I believe is about 4,000 acres and about 25 green fields. And uh, we drove down there last Friday night. And um, I was going to stay in his camper on one side. And they said, no, 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 um, such and such said you can stay in his room. Uh, so they had a house on the property, which was probably an 80 to 100-year-old sharecropper house, a two-room house. And um, when I went in there, and uh, and I'm gracious to have had it, but but when I went in there, the the window was open and had been open for I don't know how long, so I slept all night on top of a futon, and uh, uh, just in case a rattlesnake uh, went slithering across the floor, at least I would uh, see him. But so I didn't sleep that well that night. Not so much about the rattlesnake, just eager to go. So I got up at 5:30 and went out there and and uh, set up uh, to turkey hunt that day. And I sat there in the dark, and being a backpacker and a camper, there's nothing more wonderful than, you know, waking up in a hammock uh, and uh, just watching the sun come up or and, and just the sounds of the forest coming alive. And in this particular case, um, I uh, same same situation, except you've, you've gone out there in the dark uh, with snake boots on this time and um, sitting there watching the forest come to life, life from being pitch black to... To everything so i waited about an hour and uh i was using a box call because as a new hunter um i was praying for nine-year-old luck but i you know a nine-year-old boy's luck but i didn't get it that day i uh waited about an hour and i made a, a call and you know you don't want to over call turkey i've watched enough videos and talked to enough hunters that i know that had me geared in on i was making the right sounds and how often to do it and right after i made that first call a second call I got a couple gobbles back. Oh, I was so excited. There was a turkey coming in for my first day and my first time. And uh, and I didn't hear anything the rest of that day, uh, the rest of that morning, I should say. So, uh, But I enjoyed it, and before I left there, I was already hooked. I think you guys saw. Uh, thank goodness for cell phones and, and all that because you can record your experience and send all your buddies play-by-play on what's taking place. Um but I went to, uh, I gathered my stuff and I was on a walkout and, uh, I set up the decoys where the guy was going to pick me up and I went and walked in and I went over to a place where I could shoot the gun cause I wanted to shoot it. And, uh, 
I, I fired off a shot and, and uh, looked around a little bit, and I was walking back out of there. Didn't know I was going back down to hunt a little bit later, but I ended up doing that. I'll be there in a minute. But I walked back out, and he's parked like 100 yards up at the road. And my phone is on silent because I was hunting, but it's, it's buzzing, buzzing, buzzing in my leg. And as I'm walking up, it's just buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. And as I get closer, he starts to drive down because I had put the decoys out where he was going to pick me up, and I just put them in their rods and left them there. And in the wind, they were kind of turning and moving around. And he thought that there were two turkeys standing right where he was going to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> and I go over there, and I just pick up the two turkeys and put them under my arm. <laughs> So we got a good laugh. Out. We got a great laugh out of that. That's a new way to hunt. I think that's a great way to play. Jo- well, we, he had seen some turkeys. This was on a power line where it, it, the the state maintains it, and he had seen some uh, turkeys come through there before. So he just knew that, you know, I needed to come through there screaming and yelling and blow them turkeys <laughs> away. But um, so I, I took a nap, ate ate some uh, food, treated me very well, and uh, we went back out. And I was walking back out to my second hunt in the afternoon and as i was walking around into the greenfield and i was walking slow and quiet of course you've got all your gear with you and uh right 10 feet in front of the blind i was going to sit behind there was a uh, there was a hen there and as soon as i moved around the corner she saw me she flew off at uh 30 degrees and up into a tree and of course i'm texting going i see a bird i see a bird you know young you know uh you know for early in the evening new hunter i see a bird they're all around me. They got to be. So they said, "Yeah, go sit down in there. Just sit down, wait about thirty minutes, and start start calling as we've taught you to." So I did that, and I didn't hear anything the rest of the day. And as the sun was going down, I gathered up my stuff, and um, in the course of this last week, I've already put my name in on hunting clubs to get in on hunting clubs. I've uh, I'm possibly going. Uh, turkey hunting Saturday morning on a friend's pop property over in the wildlife management area here, or not right next to it, and uh, I am teetotally hooked. So um, what I discovered, hunting, it's nice to kill something and or take, you know, uh, harvest something and put it in the freezer, but uh, and just like fishing, uh, it's really not about being successful in the kill. It's really, now if you're trying to feed your family, I understand but in the sport, just experiencing the getting ready, the being involved, the deer camp, the hunting camp, and all that is just the coolest experience. And and I got to wear face paint while I was at it because I found out that uh, I, I there were just turkey season and I couldn't find a net to put over my head. I could only find um, balaclavas. And when I would pull it up like a COVID mask over my face, my glasses kept fogging up, so I couldn't see to shoot if I had to. So I went to the uh, grease paint on the face and got the real cool uh, Tom Berenger Duck Dynasty side photos. So that was my turkey trip, and hopefully I'll be successful on Saturday if I can get back in the woods. The end. The yeah, end. man. It's, uh, it's it awesome. was, you know? Hunting is yeah. awesome. The first time I first time I do uh, harvest an animal, uh, I'm sure that it will be shaking and shivering and just excitement, you know, galore. The good news is, and you know, I am as an old guy, um, Chris. Uh, one of the things I enjoy <laughs> is the happiness of young people, like you, Chris. You winning your award this weekend, you young fella. 
but uh, but my good friend in North Carolina, he's uh, he's in his late thirties. His uncle, who took him hunting when he was a child, uh, and helped him kill his first bird, was with him and his son on his first turkey hunt this weekend. So not only was the uncle there, his dad was, and his son killed his first turkey, uh, which was a wonderful photo. And uh, I'll see if I can't share the video from you because it's, it's on Facebook. But in addition to that, uh, my friend, the, the father of this young man, uh, got his two turkeys on uh, uh, Friday and Saturday, killed both turkeys. So that's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, people can't see. I'm, I'm, let's see. I'm sitting here. Oh, there's some videos coming through. I'm supposed to look at these videos. The, the rest of us are busting out laughing because I, <laughs> I just sent a picture of Tom Berenger in face paint to our group chat. You, you yeah. put a beard on that man. And there's that not a beard true. on him. There's not a beard on him. But uh, Hey, hey fo- Photoshop your own face on that. You're good at Photoshop. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's your new, uh, Tom that's your new Facebook Tom avatar. He's one sexy dude. You know, coming to uh, uh, hunting styles and uh, turkeys and deer and whatnot, I found, personally, I found the most uh, modern camels don't really do what they're supposed to. Okay, we're, we're going off on a tangent here a little bit off track. Uh, I found, for me personally, a uh, some kind of a light brown or some kind of a gray colored uh clothes will work way way better than than a hunting camel uh if you ever notice the 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 coloration of a deer in the fall is some sort of a brownish color light brown especially here in maryland and depending on the hour you know you have that gray hour you know half hour before sunrise and after you know half hour before sunset Everything looks kind of right. gray. Anyways, the, the trees lose colors and, and stuff. And you can only really see them real clear when they're moving. If they're just stopped and they're, you know, not moving at all, you can glance right over them and sometimes you will not see them. And they're not wearing, you know, a hunter's camo. They're just wearing, you know, their natural browns in there, man. It's, it's, uh, so I, 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 I stop. Uh, wearing hunter's camo, and I have some uh, some brown clothing, and some some gray clothing as well for for that purpose. Do you so, hunt- real real quick, real quick. So for the first minute of you explaining what you just explained, I was trying to figure out what the heck a hunter's camel was, and I was sitting here going, <laughs> "Where is?" What, where did this come from? A hunter's camel? Yeah, Does, Bra- those exist? You were saying hunter's yeah, camel. Right in Brazil, there. that's, yeah. how, they, that's on that how they photo. hunt, right? You know, they, they bring the camel. on that in. photo has, has some, some hunter's camel. Because you have the, the traditional military camel, you know, with the uh, the old uh, fatigues and whatever with different patterns. Uh, but then you go to Bass Pro and you have all these yeah. different uh, patterns for, you know, you're hunting on the marsh or you're hunting yeah. on a, a, a woodland or whatever, right? <laughs> and they charge a premium for that thing. It's unbelievable. I've seen some hunting jackets go for $500. kind of a magic yes. jacket that can go to the deer and bring it home for you, Sick, right? Yeah. For $500, I mean, I stay home. Hey, jacket, go get me a deer. <laughs> well, Come on. Well, Grandpa used what, to hunt What about the hot pink ones, though? Do those work? The, what? The, hot, the hot pink ones, does that pattern work? No? 
as far as I know, you could be dressed as a tomato because they don't really see they red. Don't see color. Deer don't no, see red. Don't. So I had this guy tell me, oh, deer don't see red. So I told him, okay, can I use a Santa suit and climb a tree? They won't see me up there, right? <laughs> Why are you selling me camo? You're selling me camo and you tell me they don't see red. I mean, why don't you make me a red uh, hunting suit? I mean, come on. He he treats your next knife in a Santa suit while holding Planky. (laughs) (laughs) Woody, Woody. (laughs) Woody, yeah, I got him over there in my drawer. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. There is a lot of things that I've learned over time here that is unique to the American uh, uh, way of thinking, right? is unique to this. You go hunting in Brazil or, you know, different uh, countries. You know, I see guys going with blue jeans and whatever clothes they happen to have at the time when they grabbed their old beat-up shotgun and went into the woods, right? And But when I came here, the first time I went hunting, you know, uh, dude, it was a shock. It was a shock. You do yeah, realize really nice. these companies have great marketing departments. You don't look as cool. Yeah. You don't yeah. look as cool when you go in and come out of the forest or stop at the McDonald's on your way to the forest because you know that there's a cool factor I mean, there. But I always told people that fishing lures aren't designed to uh, catch fish; they're designed to catch fishermen. Uh, and um, yes. a lot of things with marketing is the very same way. And, and I've done that with people. You know that little uh, little friend that you've got. It, it, I used to do that with people, especially when we're on top water, break a stick off a tree, and I always had lure-making stuff, you know, stuck in my boat, um, screw eyes and stuff like that. Put some eyes in it and throw some hooks on it and go popping it across the water and catch a bass on a, on a stick, you know, uh, uh, you broke off of a tree. So, you know, Grandpa used to hunt in his overalls and an a, um, old jacket. So, I mean, it's a cool factor. Everybody wants to look the part. You want the uniform. No. The only one product i can say with a hundred percent guarantee that i've used and it worked two actually one is a little uh uh uh, thing you put it over your head a little uh, machine that produced some ozone and that will cut the amount of stink you put out okay A a little ozone shower over your body and there's another product which is a spray it's called a nose jammer i use that and I had deer come pretty much right under my tree stand, and they, you know, never even noticed I was there. I, uh, I thought he was going to say. as the other stuff that I had before, you know, none of them seemed to work as advertised. So, you know. I thought he was going to say he applied a couple drops of pinto actually. sauce. A couple drops yeah. of pinto sauce before he goes out in the woods. You know, let me tell you something. If you want to hunt hogs, you grab an old rag, and you dip it on pinto sauce, and you wrap it around the stump. They will come and rub on it, guaranteed. So it's not only good for quenching knives, but hunting hogs as well. Well, there you go. See, I, I always <laughs> thought that maybe Pinto, I thought you were going to say, like, you know, you saw the episode of When Animals Attack and the guy that poured deer esters all over himself and got, you know, beat oh, up I by the that. deer. <laughs> that was fun. Anyway, do you other, any other guys hunt? Joey, uh, Chris? Yeah. Oh, well, of course I hunt. I'm from Louisiana. Well, you Sportsman's hunt, Paradise. You crayfish. <laughs> Gators. No, well, what, Gators. Have, what have you hunted for? Shoot them. What have shoot you hunted em. for? Uh, small shoot game. Em, shoot them. Small game. Uh, <laughs> rabbit, squirrel, uh, doves, Nutria. Quail. Yeah, man. Louisiana has like a, a headhunter's fee on those things. You get like $5 a 
pop for a pelt. Oh wow. Yeah, so but um I heard it was the tail. Five dollars per tail. Or that. Yeah. Or that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh um, I've seen swamp people, they hunt everything. Oh yeah. But uh <laughs> but um, they eat everything. Yeah, too. I hunt I, I hunt deer, yeah. Deer, hog, you know, all your usual uh I like to. Uh, I would like to. I would like to do a hog hunt out of a helicopter. That would be cool. Oh, oh yeah, I've Texas. Texas does that, and that's that looks fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. those are they're super invasive here. I I haven't been hunting a lot. Um, you know, my dad and grandfather grew up hunting, um, but when I was born, they kind of stopped and and didn't do much. But I've been um, hog hunting, and um, you know put a couple out of their misery um because uh yeah there's there's the, the hogs here um there was this was a you know some sow that probably had four litters in a year of like you know six piglets or something i mean she we put her out of her misery yeah. um she was pretty thin but no it's it's i've been a couple times um i'd love to do more of it um <laughs> my best friend hunts squirrels out of his front yard <laughs> He's, he, he sends me a text today and he goes, the truce is over. He goes, the truce is over. And I go, what are, what are you talking about? And he goes, you know, the, the great peace treaty of the squirrels and me for 2022 is over. He goes, I just killed my first one today. Uh, what is he? He called it the squirrel human winter ceasefire. It's over. He goes, this squirrel. He goes, he sits there and he works from home. He sits there in his home office and he's got, you know, his, his little pellet gun and He's like he sits there and watches these squirrels and they go towards the bird feeder and he's like don't don't you is dare his shooting house is off the bird feeder the his shooting house is and he basically will just well just kind of walk out on the porch and if one of them touches the bird feeder and he's gone all year without one you know all of since you know last uh, fall since one touched the bird feeder and uh, apparently one got there today so he uh, yeah he took him out of squirrel hmm. I might have to get me a mighty fine pellet gun and a scope so I can do some hunting <clears> in my <throat> camouflage in the backyard. We got lots of the back patio. We got, got, got lots of squirrels. Benjamin <laughs> got one of those uh, those Benjamins. They that's a pretty good little pellet gun. Uh, slingshot too. Huh? Yeah, there you I go, slingshot, Eric. Yeah, that works. Eric's a slingshot. Oh yeah, my son has. No, I'd love to do more of it. I, I'd love to do more. I just uh, oh, oh wow, I've always been. <laughs> Eric, did you make that crossbow? Yeah, the, you're the, showing us or the crossbow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah, kind of ridiculous. Did you make that crossbow? Like it's 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 awesome. I, I love crossbows and stuff like that. I did not make this. I purchased this because yeah. it's a lot more accurate than one that I would make. I do yeah, make yeah. my own bolts though. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I like that episode on Forging Fire when they made the uh, those uh, the crossbow. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I make a. I do make mini ones. So they they uh, they have little ones that you can make out of um, you know like hair breadths and stuff like that. But I make them out of a. Uh, uh, saw blades so like uh, I'll double stack yeah. the saw blades and it'll shoot a you know I'll, I'll take you know little dowel rods and uh, put put points on them or I'll put you know needles in them or pins in them or whatever and uh, it'll shoot like 30 yards and the thing's like only 6 inches long the overall length of it and it'll shoot like 30 yards and stab wow. into stuff my daughter, so, my daughter got one one time uh, when we went somewhere. It was is a wooden one that some this guy had made, and he had like a, 
you know, the synthetic guitar string and everything pulled back. And yep. he was, he, he gave us these dowels um, that had rubber erasers on the end, right? But we got it home and sure enough, we put a sharpened pencil in it <laughs> in the garage. We fired it off. It, it stuck in the sheetrock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made a PVC. It worked. I made a PVC trebuchet that I could fire stuff across the fence in my backyard. Oh, yeah. I made a potato gun at a PVC. <laughs> uh... I made PVC bow and arrows. Well, yeah. both, right? And yeah, there's a... So there's we're, a oh, that's cool. We're Eric's all nice guys, bolt. and we all like knives. How many How many of us are gun guys? Well, I'm, I've am i got the two yeah. I mentioned. I'm getting ready to yeah, buy... Yeah, there you go, Eric. Yeah, I'm getting ready to buy a SIG, so got to sell a few knives, and I'll be buying a SIG. Yeah, I have a few. The, the shelf, the shelf <clears> that's <throat> next to me is like... A, a few different AR parts. I've got yeah. uh, my different sights and scopes and my cleaning box. And up above me right yeah. there is my my actual cleaning setup for my rifles. Mm-hmm. Right up there. And, uh, yep. oh, yeah. Do you hunt or just target yeah. shoot? Uh, both. Both. Do you- if y'all have ever watched my videos, of course, to the left of me, I've got uh, one of my, my 22s Targets. that I, I built and that all that stuff with like a whole bunch of uh, Volcorts and everything nice. did all the trigger stuff, yeah. did the everything that you could possibly do to it barrel. Um, and, uh, this thing I'll side it in a hundred yards, 150 yards and do like, you know, quarter size, uh, groups. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. It's cool. It's I, bananas, man. I, yeah. I, have a I Clark's, think I've had three or four. I have a Clark's okay. custom, uh, Ruger 22 nice i've had three or four deals lined up where customer wants a a knife and they want to trade for a gun um whether they're some of them are ffl dealers or or whatever i'm at four now and every single one of them has fallen through it's uh you know i make a good deal but then the 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 person ends up backing out of the deal so One, one of these days i guess i'll actually make a trade Talking about backing out deals, have you ever had a customer that uh, like wanted you to make a nice uh, custom knife? Uh, they, you know, pick handle material, pick pick how they wanted the blade to look, and then back out. Like basically, have be a no show. Sure. Yeah. I, I so the one. way I I normally handle it is I take all their information. So say I was at this show, right? And I'm going to take all their information, and which, by the way, my wife told me I need to actually print out a form, right. That folks can fill out. Um, cause I'm just writing it on the back of a piece of paper, but get all the information that they want. And I tell them I'll add them to my list. And then when it comes time for me to start, I'll message them again and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, going to start working on a batch of knives. Yours is going to be a part of that. Are you still interested? And if it's a knife that I know I can resell, no problem. Mm-hmm. And it's basic materials. I typically won't take a deposit. If it's something that's very unique, they want a custom pin that's, or, you know, some unique handle material. I made a knife one time that's a a Colorado avalanche themed knife. So it's got like maroon and blue and it's got an avalanche pin. No way I'm selling that that knife. I would have never made an avalanche. No, no way I'm, I'm selling that right to anybody else. Um, but for those, I'll take a deposit and, but I've got one right now where a guy, um, man, if he's listening, I'd love for him to reach out to me. Cause he, he came and he ordered three knives from me at, um, 
you know, there was, there were three knives. There was the, um, he wanted three knives for when he goes deer hunting. And I think I've told you guys this before. He wanted one that was like a camp knife, a bigger knife, something that he could, um, you know, split, split the breastplate with if he needed to not baton. Oh, yeah, but I remember, yeah. <clears throat> um, he wanted one that was more of a, a Skinner. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted one that he called the anus knife. Um, <laughs> and you know, he, he said that his, his dad always taught him to, or his grandfather always taught him to clear clean a deer through the anus. Um, so you hang him up and that's what he wanted a little, basically a little scalpel. I'm picturing, I'm um, picturing Ace Ventura birthing dude, out of the ever rhino's seen those rear. That's right. Yes. <laughs> you ever and, seen and he was, and he was explaining it and, you know, holding his pinky up like the way I drink my tea now that I'm a reward winner. Um, and cutting a, a, around the anus. Right. And, um, but he wanted these three knives and it's, you know, I, so I said, I took a deposit from him that day too. And I have his email, I have his phone number. Um, and I've designed them out and I've drawn them and I've said, Hey, I'm ready to start working on these. Exactly. I was like, I'm ready to start working on these. Um, but I can't get the guy to reply. So I don't know what to do now is I've got his deposit and I'll just, I'll give him a, you know, I normally give him a week and if he doesn't, uh, reply, then I just move him to the next batch. I I can't get Ace Ventura coming out of the back end of the rhino (laughs) with a, with a anus knife. Dude, have you ever Real seen quick, those kits they sell? Well, it's like a, a butt plug for a deer. <laughs> Sorry, Joey, that ones. just doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> I bought one of those ones. They called it the, the, uh, the butt out. The butt out, yes. See, Otis yeah, here knows I, what I'm talking about. One of those. Otis here knows That's how they it's remove it's hemorrhoids in it. the hospital, by the way. It's a hemorrhoid <laughs> removal tool. I'm like, I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, dude, what? What do you do with this? I'm afraid to Google this right now. <laughs> is, is that the title for the video or, or for the, the podcast or what? But out. <laughs> Holy but no, I, I haven't had um, anything where it's... I haven't been stuck Dude, with a knife. Let's put so it that butt way. Out. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't, been, I haven't been stuck with one um, where somebody ends up... Um, you know, requesting something very specific that, you know, I didn't, haven't been able to sell, but yeah. Yeah. I had one. Yeah. I had one. I, got a guy that I just showed him, <clears throat> I showed him the, uh, the design of the knife. I showed him the, uh, the handle material and it was stabilized wood. And in the middle, I had some orange, uh, resin cast resin there. A beautiful, beautiful handle, man. And I really like that knife. And, he just poof disappeared mm-hmm. vanished on me right and oh uh, when i finally was able to make contact oh can you uh, change that orange section there for red Yo, come on man i showed you the handle material i put it in your hands before i even started working on a knife now you come with this right you know what you know what screw off leave it alone i don't want to sell you anything anymore forget it yeah. So I took that knife and I gifted to my brother. You know, I still have it. It's in his house now. I, you know, it's a beautiful knife made out of ADCR V2. Also another monster Bowie size knife, you know, and man, that that was the, the, the first one so far. And luckily the first one, the first and only yeah. one so far. But it, you know, people will do that. Mm-hmm. My, um, yeah. My teacher said, always take a deposit on commission. Well, Chris, 
And if the person walks out, you get to keep mm-hmm. his deposit and yeah. tell him to uh, Chris, you know off. that piece of green yeah. uh, micarta honeycomb I sent you? Yeah, 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 that was the result of somebody changing their mind. So I just changed my mind and didn't make the knife after that. I was like, you know, I spent, so, spent money on that. And now, you know, it is what it I'll is. Uh, Who else wants that? I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna chime in just a hair on the, the commission and the, the deposit thing. So I, I do not uh, take any deposits on any of the knives that I make. Um, because, I mean, if I'm going to choose to make a knife, it's going to be something that I might want to keep. Uh, or uh, I'll sell to someone else or something like that. But the only reason why I don't do it is because with me not being a full-time knife maker or somebody who can make a ton of knives because of the YouTube and all that stuff, um, as soon as you take money from someone, they could be the nicest person on the planet. And uh, as soon as you take money from them, no matter what they say, you can build it three years from now. As soon as you they give you money, their internal clock starts ticking. Because anybody does. As soon as you pay for something on the sure. internet, you're you want that bad boy tomorrow. You're checking for the shipping update. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why haven't they like sent an you hour a tracking later. number? Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let me check yeah. mine. I have some so. Yeah, by, by the way, Joey, I did I didn't get that package in the mail today. I'm gonna do that tomorrow. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> stuff stuff like that. And I had a friend that was a fellow YouTuber and he's since then deleted his channel and he's not doing YouTube anymore, but um, he had asked me to, uh, he had a situation happen. He didn't have access to a shop anymore, or his tools. And he had three knives that were, uh, pieces that he was going to be selling and he had started them, but hadn't been able to finish them. And he asked me, Hey, would you just be able to finish these? One of them already had handle skills on it, still needed to be profiled and, you know, edge and all that stuff. And the other two still needed to be, uh, they needed handle scales that he didn't have handle scales for. And I was like, Hey, I've got handle scales. I'll go ahead and wrap them up for you. And he was like, Hey, cool. And I'll just throw in some money just for it. And I didn't ask for any money. I didn't want any money from it. Um, and he was like, I'll just throw money in there. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, you can pay for the skills that you're going to get. You're going to you, you just take your time. I'm in no rush. They're not sold or anything like that. Um, and I was like, okay, I can do them, but it's going to take me like two and a half months to whenever I was doing I chose to do this. I was doing the daily vlogs. So I did the vlogs for 72 days in a row and I was trying to do all that. And uh, I told him, you know, it's going to be like two and a half months. Well, a month and a half into it, you know, I've already finished one of the knives and I was just about to start on the other two. And he's already messaging me, dude, I gave you money for this. Uh, why haven't you started? You know, I'm a paying customer now since I gave you money. And I'm thinking, uh, what are you talking about? This is crazy. So I just, I, I could have just said, screw you and sent the stuff back to him. I finished them, sent them back to him, sent the money back to him and said, I don't want any part of this. You know, if, if this is the way this is going to be, I was just trying to help you out. But if, if you're going to go that direction with it, man, I, I don't want any part of it. And I uh, just sent the stuff and they were finished, but I, I was just from that point forward, I do not take money from people until I complete the thing or until I am, let's say if I set the commission up and I'm about two weeks out from completing it, I'll say, okay, cool. Here's, you know, you can pay me on my website or you can, you know, however you want to pay me, you can uh, do part of it now if you want to. And then, uh, and then I'll complete it or whatever. But 
most of the time people are just like throwing money at you, you know, cause they want to, yeah. they're like, Hey, can you build this? Here's the money. They want to speed up the process. <laughs> yes. If I give you more money, if I give you all of it up front, will you work on it? You know, now? right now. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you should no. have asked I, his name I, into like the said, blades, but misspelled it by <clears throat> one letter or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. Like I said, I don't take that. I don't take the the um, the deposit unless I'm. Like I said, it's something very unique, mm-hmm. or and I I won't do it until I start. Right. And I yeah. let them know. It's like, hey, I'm. Are you still interested? I'm going to start. It will be delivered within a month, and I, I set that clear expectation um, before I do that because I, yeah, I don't want to take too much money up front because then there's also not that reward when you're done, right? You know, people right. take fifty exactly percent right. up front. Yeah. Now, when you get paid, you're like, oh, I did all that work, and you you feel like you only got paid half, right? But yeah, right. You did get so the whole. whole whenever amount. I go full time knife making, uh, mm-hmm. I will most likely do that because right now my knife making does isn't what pays my bills. If it is what pays the bills then oh, you, sure. you got to do it because why wouldn't you, you got to buy uh, stuff yeah. you got to at least for material cost <laughs> yes yeah. you, you have to do room. stuff like that well you're going to see my more of a you're going to see more of a that. constant money flow at that point though as well not just yeah you know as you're making right it. Um, well yeah, i'm definitely so. going to take some of these things into consideration because uh I may have to change the way i do these yeah, transactions the way i've been business. doing as well right now has been just I make whatever I want to make, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I put it up, yeah. and if you're interested, you get it. If you don't, uh, you know, it, it will sit for a while, but eventually I will sell it, and that way I don't have to be uh, working on any specific order. I had this guy contact me on uh, uh, Instagram. Oh, can you make me a knife like this, a chef's knife mm-hmm. that cuts on, or like a dagger on both sides? So, man, that, that is not a, you know, I could probably work something out like that but it's not something that you really want people generally don't know what they want you said a chef knife knife that looks like a a dagger can you give me a chef knife with a screwdriver on the end yeah yeah, yeah. and 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 a bottle opener and he he cuts on on going one way and cuts coming back right so i mean a, a double edge basically a double edge chef's knife right so i mean in a case like this, I don't even take anything. I didn't take it. So, so you know what? Let, let me. I will make something, and I will forward you some pictures you sh- if you like. You should have said, "Can I up. interest you in a Ronco Darth Maul?" <laughs> <laughs> Slices and dices it, pokes. I had a guy. And now with these uh, pieces of uh, some eye that is coming in, I'll, I'll be making something, <laughs> and I'll forward in some pictures. If he likes, he can come he can and, and it buy it. If not, I'll just you know sell let it. Let me to ask someone you guys else. a couple. So somebody knife, at the show was. I was gonna say. Let me ask you guys a couple say, knife making questions real quick. Um, that that is gonna assist me. Pinto okay, I've already got that part down. And I'm making an extra an extra pintoey batch. Um, I'm adding some jalapenos to it. Uh, but anyway, um, so you guys have. I, I'm sorry. Can you can you say that one more time? What were you going to add to it? Some uh, extra. Uh, what did I say? I was going to add to it. Jalapenos. jalapenos. Jalapenos and and. What's a jalapeno? Eric, you think that's funny too, right? <laughs> yeah. Eric's Eric's from Texas. You think that's funny too, right? Like yes. you hear you hear it, right? <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. What's what's a jalapeno? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what a jalapeno you, you mean, is either. You, I know what a jalapeno. You, you mean a jalapeno? Yeah, jalapeno. You mean a jalapeno? That's it. That's it. That's it. You know. Jalapeno. Go ahead, Chip. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. <laughs> or a jalapeno. 
Anyway, I'm gonna add some extra. <laughs> it's like if anybody, it's like if any of any of us try to pronounce half the dishes in Louisiana, Joey's gonna be like, "What did you just well, say?" I don't even mention the hot sauce I'm gonna put in it because y'all rail rail me. Um, anyway, anyway, hey, you, I was this one knife I'm getting ready to make. You guys have done rough grinds before and left them rough, so. Um, mm-hmm. When you do that, what are you typically, are you at 36 or 40, or what are you rough grinding at? So uh, 36 grit and typically a new belt, uh, not a not a worn one, because you want the, the striations that you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to do it in a good-looking way, right. you want them to be uh, nice and deep and then to stand out and be uniform as you're going through. Yes. Um, if your belt's kind of worn, it won't put those deep striations in there uh, now what about if you're just you looking ch- for do you change belts so when you get do the other side get a new belt or is the one belt typically good for uh, take I, the belt I, off and reverse it <laughs> yes yeah so no seriously you'll get more you get about 15 that's going against the arrows there chris you can't go never pay attention to the arrows the arrows don't mean anything so i'm going to be real with you right now this is a trick uh if you want similar plunge lines uh you flip your belt that's wild. Because, I had no idea. There's a Templar yeah, tip. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. Flip your belt. Oh, well, 100%. That's good to me, too. Didn't yep. know that. And that is so cool. Well, I just got an extra yep. 25, 30% out of my belts. Yeah, because the edge now, on Eric, one side of the belt may be, not, you know, not be like the other yeah, side. Yeah, the cutting so, edge correct. on the other side isn't worn away. Round on the or other, sharp. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Now, I, I haven't noticed that uh, with an um, even plunge line on both sides. What's it? it, 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 it well, it, it, you could have different tracking right uh the belt's mm-hmm. not tracking um evenly or you end up with um you know fraying on one end but hey guys what was your source of inspiration when you first decided to make knives you know many go to the books and also some go to the web uh, but many also head to youtube for videos well you know we are fortunate enough to have eric rivers from the rivers experience as a co-host on the knives templars But you know what? He's also a sponsor. And I tell you, 27,000 followers can't be wrong in following his skilled and educational regular videos that teach the fine arts of making beautiful knives. I know because I'm a subscriber to his channel and I learned at my pace and without making those mistakes by walking in the dark regarding knife making. Be sure and check out his channel, The Rivers Experience, on YouTube or his website at theriversexperience.com. And now back to our show. I 100% agree with you. So I've used all of the de- Norton <laughs> blazes. I've used, uh, you know, you've got yeah, the incinerator and the shredders and all that stuff, but uh, I've used the the different belts, and I'm telling you right now, those Phoenix belts are absolutely epic. I used one which, of those belts for all the uh, incinerator. The purple boras? Oh, the incinerators, yeah. Yes, so the incinerator, oh, yeah. uh, I used it for all eight bevels on the dagger. So all eight bevels, you yeah. know, 26-inch overall length, craziness, and it wow. is still sharp as crazy. Like, I could wow. grind another 10 knives oh, yeah. with that thing. Now, oh, yeah. that is that belt kind of like the one Pop sells? Uh, yes. It's made by VSM? Made by VSM. Yeah, there's a number. Yeah. You can get it from a number of different suppliers. Yeah, dude. Um, Phoenix is yeah. the... Do you mind posting a link All these knives I've been profiling, oh, yeah. like, I've been using the same belt. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah. they were developed by Broadbeck. So the right. the belt okay. that, you're, that you're using for the Phoenix and all that stuff, the, 
the VSM ones. So those were developed by Broadbeck. I got a bunch of belts from Broadbeck too, but uh, the uh, I was talking to the guys and yeah, they developed that belt to just be an absolute beast, and it is so good, so good. And the prices come down a little bit uh, because they're able to do larger batches now, right? The first yeah. run they were a little more expensive. I mean, they're more expensive well, than a Cubitron. Well, think if about you, it this uh, way, though. if you get that some, belt, if you get well, some that, coarse that sand, puts so much work in, so crazy. If you get some coarse sand from uh, Lowe's, can you uh, recoat your belts using some pinto sauce as an adhesive? <laughs> Soak your you belts in pinto sauce. Too much. <laughs> Watch the sparks fly. <laughs> do it outside. <laughs> so, so no, when it, I'll well, tell you Eric, when, it, Eric, when, when it you comes do those. To, uh, when it comes to your budget, whenever you're thinking about the cost of belts and stuff like that, uh, it's a lot of people will think, you know, seven ninety five or eleven dollars or ten dollars is expensive, but you make one knife with that belt and you've paid yourself back. Uh, and you're automatically going to make more than one knife. And that's the same thing for people who only want to use reusable material or reused materials like 5160 from Leaf Springs and all those different things. Oh, yeah. What, what junk material, what junk steel can I start with? Yes. <laughs> steel is so cheap. Like when it comes down to it, for what you're going to yeah. sell the knife for, you can buy name brand, na not name brand, but known steel uh, for exactly. super cheap. If you want to buy, a four foot strip of pops 8670 right now that is some of the least expensive steel on the market and just easy to oh, get treat show oh it's show crazy yeah it's one crazy. one of the best tips that i ever heard was from jason knight that said and i've heard it from other guys too but jason knight said use the belts like you own the company mm -hmm. yeah yep Use belts, use fresh belts, use the belts like you own the company. And of course, you know, I say that, but I've got probably 50 belts in my shop right now that I'll need to be thrown away. <laughs> they usually get <laughs> cut yeah, up and turned too. into uh, detailing and handle sanding belts, and eventually they, they go out when there's nothing else left. Now, on the, uh, on the belt topic, I have a, a, a good question uh, for you that do the uh, finishing on the belt. Because mm -hmm. I do all my finishing now on hand sanding i will do my profile grind i will bevel it everything and then my last belt usually is a 120. <clears throat> after that i will hand sand everything from 220 all the way to whatever finish i want mm -hmm. you know from i will you typically end at 600 and do a setting finish with a scotch bright pad or i can go up to 2000 and then buff it to a, a, a mirror finish uh I do, Chris, I've seen, I do I've almost seen you do exclusively, a lot of finishing. I do almost exclusively belt finish now, um, unless it's, you know, custom requested to do, um, you know, a hand sanded finish. So um, I typically will go, you know, 36, 60, 120. Um, I'll use from there. I'll, I'll switch over to, a, you know, I don't like super crisp lines, like on all my plunge lines and my, all that. I, you know, that's, that's one look that some people like, I like it all kind of blended and smooth. And I just, I think it, it looks better. Um, so I'll typically then put on a, a, a soft platen. So I've got one that has an old Scotch bright belt that I've, uh, glued to it with some spray adhesive, maybe a leather backer on top of that. I've got one that uses industrial wool. Um, it acts like a rotary platen. Um, and I'll go in then with, um, 220. Um, 
and then maybe a, a, a 400, and then I'll move through the Scotch Bright progressions. So I'll go through a um, a maroon, um, and then a a blue, the light blue, and then the gray. I typically also will hit a little bit of WD-40 on that belt while it's moving, that Scotch Bright belt, and yeah, it'll that smooth too. that that finish out. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to try a couple of different things though. Um, I was talking to Neil Warren from Maximus Knives um, at the the last show. And, um, he was saying that Phoenix, we were talking about Phoenix, he uses Phoenix and they've got these compact grain belts. They have a, um, a 220 and a, and a 300 or, or something like that. Um, 240 and 320. And he was talking about how r- nice those are, um, to minimize belt bump. So I may be able to try that. I ordered some of those. I'm going to try the 240 while, um, working with my regular platen. And then I've also ordered some, um, cork belts so they have some cork belts they had a, like a 400 a 600 and an 800 i think um that are loaded up they're already pre-loaded with with whatever compound mm-hmm. um and so i want to try those um just to have an alternative to the scotch brights um but i find it's great also then if you get a little scratch it's easy to clean up right before and, and one of the reasons i do it is because i want folks to use my knives right i want them to you know beat them, abuse them, use them all the time, and then be able to send them back to me. I, I resharpen any knife I make for life. Right. Um, you know, unless the guy decides he wants to like baton, you know, granite. Um, but I'll, um, or, you know, slide down the a hill with his, with his leather sheath. Um, so, so I'll end the, up, is that you know, the episode I'll, title? No batoning granite. Don't, don't baton granite. Um, I'll have them send me, send me the knife and I'll give it a spa day. Right. I'll, you know, maybe hit the the handle a little bit. (laughs) I like that. Um, I can remove the patina if they want. I can put it on the Scotch bright belt. I can resharpen it. I can, um, you know, oil it back up and send it back out. It's hard to do that on a hand sanded knife. Right. And not get J hooks up by the, um, by the handle. so uh, the, the reason I ask is because I, I I really want to speed up my process. Right? It will. Hand sanding, hand sanding usually takes me about three hours, three to four hours, from 180 grit to my final grit, usually 600. Uh, like this, uh, viewers won't see it. Yeah, ship is handing, uh, you know, shaking his hand there. So this one I did it on a on a, on a Scotch Bright. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's it's a pretty good uh, usable uh, finish that I wouldn't mind taking and, and beating into you know in the woods or cutting stuff and you know, whatever whatever you want to do with it. Uh, so it's a granite, great yeah. finish. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can you and, put on diamonds? Uh, uh, my uh, yeah. There you go. I, I just love the look of a. The, the, of the a, next of a question finish. I have for you, Chris, is uh, what at what speed do you set yeah. your VFD when you're finishing? Because you already quenched it, you already tampered it, you right. put in the final touches in there, so you really don't want to overheat that blade. It, it all depends also on whether or not the you're grit. using a fresh belt and the grit. If I'm going, you know, I don't do a lot. I, on my chef knives, I do like no grinding before heat treat, right? Because it minimizes warps. And so I'll come in, I'm, I'm full tilt, 100% on a 36 grit setting those initial bevels same thing with the 60 the 120 another thing i like to do is i'll change the angle of the knife on the platen so i can actually see that it's removed the previous uh, level scratches um so i'll tilt it a little bit one way or the other 
then once I'm getting into like the 220 and I start putting on the soft uh, platinum, I'm only probably going about 50%. And I'm spending real concentrated effort on I'm trying to get this spot. I'm trying to get this spot. Um, and then Scotch Brights, it's typically under 50%. It's 30 to 40%. They don't need to go fast. Um, and I've had it catch. I've, I wasn't paying attention too much, and I had it catch the tip um, of a knife, and it ripped that Scotch Bright and threw that knife right into my swarf bucket. And it was. Gonna say it, I had BPS for like a week. Um, <laughs> yep. That's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> BPS, I had BPS for a week. I had BPS for a week. No, it's BPS. Yeah, and you got that VFD. <laughs> you invested in that VFD. Use it, right? Um, yes. Slow yeah. down. The, uh, Typically, the, the, the uh, higher my grids. first. It will be my next purchase right now. Yeah. So this week, I just I got my first uh, contact wheel. I got a ten inch uh, wheel. I'm I bought it mostly because of my uh, hidden tank blades uh, uh and the handles that i put it in there is it going to help me put is it solid or does it have the tread is it serrated uh, it got treads on there yeah it the got serrated, treads. yeah the tread is that better yeah, I, mean, yeah. I tell you what you you want to go say you're profiling a knife you're just going to rough profile in the shape you take that serrated and you throw an old worn 36 grit on there and you get it and you know position just right where it's even with your your work rest so that you're mm -hmm. putting you know roughly a 90 degree and you can hog material especially when you're working with that the ads and it's 5160 so it work hardens so you can't yeah. profile on the porta band super easy man you just leave uh, i'll leave like a you know three-eighths of an inch of steel on here and i'll just and it'll just disappear so do you want do you Gone, want like, which is the better wheel to have the solid or the groove it depends on what you're using really? it for. Yeah. I like the the grooved, the serrated because it's going to dissipate heat, oh, okay. um, you know, really yeah. well. I think if I you were using it for fine finishing, so if you were doing like say faceted handles and you were taking it up to say a thousand grit with a J Flex belt, mm -hmm. like a zirconia belt or something, I think that's where you then want the the solid. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, the the main reason I purchased the the wheel was uh, there is a shape that I want to achieve on my hidden tank uh handles and doing on this because right now i'm grinding them like freehand a, like a coke bottle on shape? those little uh, uh uh wheels that on top on the bottom of the platen. Mm -hmm. so it's a pain to do huh. those uh contours that i want oh, you're limited and you get you're that limited. Very limited. Limited and you can put geometry it, it it makes putting in you draw some lines on your handle and you can put that Coke bottle shape in no problem. Yes. Like super yeah. fast. Oh, yeah. And it's even. I tried on a little piece of, of, of wood that I had in the shop. I only used it for about five minutes. Oh, and then you carved But those into five it, minutes guy. told me a lot. Otis, is there any possibility? Yeah, you're going to like that wheel. Any possibility really of like you that donating wheel. that first knife to the BPS Foundation raffle? <laughs> <laughs> We should probably all donate a, a knife to the uh, BPS Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special handle material, though. Yeah. Question, so, question number yeah. two for me. So my next purchase will be the VFD. Oh. BFD with the two horsepower never to put it, it on my on my grinder. No. Never regret it. So I just received no. some. Don't look back. I just received some uh, bone scales. They're probably cattle bone from uh, out in t some you know supplier out in Texas. And it's quality supplier, but I've noticed that I received them. They were rubber banded together, but the one of the bones on each set's a little bit curved. 
Um, is that normal when you see that? Is, is it okay to go ahead and clamp them down when I and paint them a little bit, uh, or should I? Because if I try and like, flatten them out, you can heat them. You can put you can, them in an oven for yep. at about 180 degrees for I don't know outside uh, in your uh, garage, not your home, kitchen oven. Your wife will be pissed. yeah, it, it will stink out of the place. <laughs> yes, but you yes. can heat them up for a yeah. little bit and get them nice and warm, and then you clamp them together. Yep, and they will oh, even cool. out and let them cool. Yeah. And let them cool down in there, and then when you release it, it should yeah, I stay. They were probably you know. flat at one time, and just being a natural <clears throat> material, humidity or whatever, just yeah. caused them to curve just a little it, bit. It, you know, you can. It's a best What you practice. can also do, what you can also do, is you can uh, clamp it to the knife that you're gonna use it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, put it in the oven for you know, of course, lower than the temperature that you tampered with so you won't screw up with the uh, with the tampering and everything and those bones will match perfectly with the with, with your handle with your tank it's typically whatever the lowest setting it's like the warm setting it's normally like 150 to 170 mm-hmm. degrees yeah um that's what you can also maybe I will use not it. tell you how long I cannot tell you yeah, how long it, to keep it in there, but probably around 20 minutes I'll, or so I'll look it up. that's enough. actually wonderful because, checking on. And, you know, I know people sometimes they'll they'll straighten out a uh, a curve and a knife through the tempering cycle, so I should have thought about that. Oh, so I do that all the yeah. time. Well, I built that. One that that is pretty malleable. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, yeah, but here, here's yeah. the thing, right? Here's the thing. You should warm them up before you clamp it to the, so you don't the steel. Stress them. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. So it's kind of malleable a little bit, and then you put it on your tank, and then you squeeze gotcha. them together. You know, let it. You know, let it cool down on the tank. You you shouldn't really put the knife in the oven with the bone you know just put the bone in there warm yeah, it up yeah, yeah i was just talking you know, about 20 30 minutes take it out put it in the tank clamp it and then it should be straight and perfectly matching with yeah the, i was just mentioning tank. that so, so i've chip. done it the other way as well just for steel but anyway go ahead i'm sorry eric you were saying so oh, one, yeah, of go the, ahead, eric. one of the other tricks that you can do uh, is not just for bone but uh, you can also boil antler and straighten it mm-hmm. so if you get an antler piece that you really really like but it has a <coughs> curve to it you can yep. uh, put it boiling water, put it in a little clamp or a little jig, and you can straighten that bad boy out and cut it into scales if you want to. How long do you boil it, it for? I mean, keep it, man. You can boil it for thirty minutes. You can boil it oh, for okay. ten minutes. You, you just want it to be to where you can you can clamp it. Uh, it depends on the size of the antler and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. you can boil well, you know, it, put it in a jig between two yeah. pieces of angle iron and straighten it out and use it for a handle well i, I built that um uh vice for uh quenching so i don't have to do it in the tempering cycle and it's working beautifully beautifully but i think that's probably another place where i could stick uh this stuff to straighten it out well uh, when you come to antler right the, the 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 two last pieces that i made with antler i picked up the antler at the uh pet store and then I designed the knife for the antler, right? So you can go that route as well, right? So uh, that nice pistol grip buoy that I made with the antler, I drew the knife from the antler and not the knife. And then I went and picked up the antler. Same thing with this uh, last one that I made the leather yeah. sheath for. Nice straight handle. It deserves a nice long straight blade for it, you know. So everybody says, "Oh, you, that 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 uh, the antler was made for the knife." 
it's the other way around. The knife was made for the antler. Mm -hmm. You know, I have another piece sitting in the shop that I'm, you know, filling up with the uh, super glue to stabilize the inside. And I will draw something for that antler, not the other way around. So that is Chris, that Chris, what too. were you going to say? Hey, I was going to give you a Templar tip. This one comes from Sarah. Uh, she, she told me um, to, it's a kind of a best practice to always store your scales taped together. Mm-hmm. Um, with some painter's tape. Yeah. Um, I know I've seen Eric do it on his YouTube channel. And, you know, sometimes I don't like doing that. You know, it's because it's, it's, hey, I've, you know, I've showed a customer and then, you know, it's come over to the shop and I've shown them a bunch of different ones. It's like, man, do I really have to tape all these up? But just because of temperature changes, even though it's stabilized, mm-hmm. they're not always, depending upon the wood, some of them don't stabilize as well as others. And especially if you've got different materials and, you know, with segmented, it, it can um, with temperature changes and changes in the humidity and everything, it, it can change a little bit. Yeah. Now, once you have it glued to a, a handle with pins, it's it's held in place. Right. But otherwise, this is, is it just temperature a, or humidity? Both. It's humidity. I think it's, it's both. It's both. Yeah. I will tell. You, I it's, keep. A, it's also both because I'll, I'll tell you when I did that Damasteel knife, I actually attached the um, the handle temporarily to the blade with some CA glue, just a couple tiny drops of CA glue. And then I shaped the the handle, but I wanted to etch the knife to where the full tang was etched, right? So one of the tricks that I learned was to then take that knife, put it in the freezer, and leave it in there for just a couple minutes, and the CA glue actually will fail in the freezer. And so then you can come back and you can pop those uh, handles off with just a little rubber mallet, just a couple taps, and boom, it'll pop right off. Um, Well, I left that one in for just a little long, and one of those scales started to really bow out up at the um up, up at the bolster mm-hmm. really start because it was juma right and wood on the back and so it started to kind of bow out and it, again i did exactly uh-huh. what you said otis here I, I took the two put them together clamped them together um to where they're nice and flat put them in the toaster oven for i don't know 20 minutes at about like 150 170 degrees and then taped them up and let them sit there and didn't touch them for like three days yeah. And I, when I was done, they were both perfectly flat. I've got an yeah, old man Templar tip for you here. Contracting at different rates. For you guys that don't play guitars, if you go to your music store and you get a Diadario humidity pack. Um, Did you say a Terio? Diadario. Oh, okay. Um, and you get a, uh, um, a humidity pack. You know, I've got $5,000 Gibson guitar, and I've got some other guitars that are not quite as expensive as that. But, you know, the last thing you want is the back of your guitar splitting out or, or starting to affect the finish. They maintain a perfect 45% humidity uh, for fine instruments in that wood, so it doesn't swell. It just maintains it. So I'll throw a pack in there, and they're good for a few months. And the way you – they're kind of they, – they're in a like a brown package – and when you squeeze them, they're smushy, um, like it's a gel inside. When they get hard, you throw them out and throw another pack in there. So that will maintain, it'll put moisture back in, take moisture out. Perfect 45% in your, uh, your whatever you're storing them in. Diadario Humidity Packs, mm. music store. Yeah. That's pretty cool, those Terrio uh, music store packs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. Anyway, good idea. Hey, guys, we are rolling in on the 2-hour and 12-minute mark. Uh, 
And uh, I tell you what, we have not been together for a while, so we had a lot to say to, to uh, today on this episode. Um, let's just shut her down with uh, what we plan on doing over the next week or so. I know Easter's coming up this weekend. Uh, I've probably got some knife making to do and uh, other things. Uh, what you got going on, notice here? Well, this weekend is my uh, wife's birthday. Happy birthday. And we're going to be uh, heading out to a uh, Brazilian steakhouse called Shima's here in Don't Virginia. Don't go to the salad bar. Just wait Great for the meat. Great all around. Great all around uh, steakhouse. If you ever find a uh, Brazilian uh, churrascaria, go for it. Usually what they have is a whole bunch of waiters running around with a whole lot of meat. And they come to your table and they cut it off hot off of the uh, spit into your plate and you eat as much as you can and especially if you're a carnivore highly recommend it when when chip said skip the skip the salad bar and pass on the chicken yeah if you're going to go to the salad bar just take a saucer with the salad bar and i grab one leaf of lettuce (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, a little bit of spoon of rice and a little bit of spoon of beans just to uh, look like a civilized man. And I go to my uh, table and wait for the waiters with my uh, bring on the picanha. Bring on the Bring on the bacon wrapped chicken and uh, mwah, whatever yeah, else, my friend. I can I taste like it already. Hungry. <laughs> Chris, are you just going to sleep in this I weekend or what do you got going on? No, well, like I said, tomorrow's my daughter's birthday. Um, that birthday so again. we're going to, you know, celebrate that. Yeah. And um, my wife's birthday was earlier this week. And so we're, yeah, a lot of birthdays. Um, yeah. But now I'm just going to uh, hang out, spend some time with the family. And then um, I got a couple of uh, customer orders that I, I had promised to get out this month uh, that are needed for, you know, uh, wedding gifts and whatnot. So I'll probably be working with that and, um, you know, just kind of, slowing down the pace a little bit yeah. from what I did leading up to the show um, to where I'm probably only cranking out, you know, three, maybe four knives a month. I say that. And then of course I'll pick up, you know, again, <laughs> just cause that's just the way I work, but no, it's, um, I'm just gonna, you know, like I said, spend some family time this weekend, enjoy the Easter weekend. You need it while you're out shopping, look for a big chain to wear that medallion on you earned. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like some flavor flavor. Yeah. 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 Instead of 50 cent and Very proudly, cent. my friend. <laughs> I ended up with some neck issues. I'm telling you guys, that thing weighs a ton. That's cool, man. I'm uh Terrio, what's going on down in Louisiana, buddy? I'll be pretty much doing like Chris, uh, spending some good quality family time together with my family and we'll be uh going to church to uh celebrate resurrection of Christ. Amen. Amen. And uh and I've done profiled so many knives, I need to start finishing some of these since uh, old Christopher there called me out. And so I need to finish these knives up so I can uh, make it to the show. So, But I got quite a while, so I got till September. So I think I'm going to try and make I'll, that show. Yeah, I'm going to try to work on uh, getting everything needed to do that. And that's pretty much I it. Saw guys this, I saw guys at this past show, uh, Joey, that had six knives on the table right and yeah. there are guys that had 40 knives on the table jw randall had four knives on the table and three of them were already sold 
Wow. When he got there. Wow. Like, it, it's, yeah. you know, but I mean, his knives all, are, you know, yeah. quite pricey. I mean, but, you know, put something on the table, show people your work, and really what you get out of those shows is just the people that you meet. Relationships, and the, the, yeah. the relationships that you build and the folks you can talk to and pick yep. up, the, you know, the tips and and all that. that that's what's worth it, so. Absolutely. Yep. Eric, hopefully you're going to take a break over uh, Easter holiday and just kind of sit back with the family. No? Uh, <laughs> no, it. no, no, not at all. I'm, I'm a... <laughs> I've got to get the the roof off this shop and get the walls taken down, and uh, so that I can get a. I, I'm gonna get a couple of estimates for the concrete because I might be making the concrete area a little bit larger than what I originally thought. I originally was gonna do like a like a. I think it, the overall concrete size was gonna be like 16 by 16, yeah. and uh, now I'm thinking about doing a 16 by 24, and. Um, so that I can do the shop plus like an awning right. off the side of it so that I have open uh. space to work under uh, that's not inside the shop. So if I want to pull all my crap outside mm-hmm. yeah. and be in shade, or you want to use pinto sauce, you can do that outside. Right. And big old flames and whatnot. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I'm planning on doing it that way. So I'm going to have somebody uh, come out and give me some estimates, but I need to get the, the shop down and, all that and a lot had a lot of people that were just saying why didn't you just knock it over well i'm reusing as much of the two by fours as possible i mean that's yeah i mean those are gold free lumber oh and, yeah uh, yeah so i'm i i've already expensive right now yeah and i've pulled the nails out of all of the two by fours going around it so that all i have to do is just finish popping the roof off take everything down it would be super fast i could have demoed it in one day if i was just gonna haul everything to the yeah. the landfill you know what i mean but I'm trying to salvage as much things as possible so that, you know, it maximizes the budget, but that the Tonto, and then I'm just, I've got a few batch ish style knives that I need to get done for my website. Um, and then it's just getting prepped for going to the Atlanta, uh, blade show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm actually going to be driving there. So I'm going to, drive from here to Atlanta and uh instead of flying because flying was going to cost like a thousand dollars it's going to be about 14 that, 15 hours isn't it uh to no. yeah to drive it's 13 okay. uh and uh but if you fly if it's just me by myself it's a grand and then I got to do you know four hundred dollars worth of hotel and then uh uber or rent a car because I'll be there for three days um and yeah that's it just made more sense. Man. Well, I'll see you there because yeah, yeah. I'm only three hours from Atlanta. So. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, man, because I've been planning to live. Where you live, Chip? I live just half hour. I live live between Huntsville, Alabama, and Birmingham, Alabama, in a little town called Hartzell. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm about an hour from Birmingham, thirty minutes from Huntsville on I-65. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So three yeah, hours. I can be over in downtown Atlanta in about three hours and fifteen minutes. That's not too Nashville in two yeah. hours. Joey's well, we're house thinking about taking it's about eight hours drive for me. You, yeah. you just head a little, Eric. You just head a little bit south. Joey and I will drive up a little bit north. We'll meet you. The three of us jump in a car. We'll ride out there together. Why can't hey, I yeah. jump in? I'm why taking, can't I jump yeah. in in Birmingham? Yeah, I mean, it would be Chris really like cool if three and a half hours for me, there, man. Because hey. I'm, I'm planning to come. I'm planning why to can't go. I get in I'm Birmingham, guys. I'll bring my wife's. Yeah, we'll stop. Yeah, we'll stop in Birmingham. Pick up Chip. I'm just saying. 
I've got the Odyssey, and we'd sit back, relax, and and chill. <laughs> it, it, it would be perfectly fine. I have enough room for eight people. So uh, if I if I don't take the family, it, the funniest part about this is for people who don't know what my main car that I just drive around. You know, I've got my work truck, we got the Odyssey, and then I I have a my Porsche. And uh, I'm probably gonna take the Porsche because it gets like 28 miles a gallon on the highway. Be the only guy driving to a blade show and like a a freaking Porsche. What what model? <laughs> you know, what, just, <laughs> what model is it? It's a it's a Cayman S. Oh, cool! Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a fun car, but it's yeah. definitely it's it's not what you would uh what you would go long distance traveling in because it's lowered and it's got all the stuff. It's, it's the loudest exhaust ever yeah. and all that. But um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be. Let me tell you funny. something. You shall not pay. <laughs> no, no. But hey, I'm, well, you won't I'm get out of Maryland inspector. with your. Hey, what's that? I, I'm a state inspector for uh, for the Texas, so uh, I get to inspect my own vehicles. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, don't drop through Maryland. You'll end up without uh, leaf springs. But um, <laughs> so I I've, swore I had leaf springs whenever I was. <laughs> what a ride! What a ride! Uh, so yeah, I've I've got these five, uh, maybe a six knife tomorrow that I'll be working on, and uh, I want to get these uh, little flushers all done so I can move on. I, I I can't. I'm not sick of making them. It's just I needed some variety. It's why I cut out a couple bigger Man. knives. So I, I'm kind of like you, Eric. I, I, and I, I I may be wrong here when I said that, but. I don't really want to be in a position where I'm having to set and produce things to build up some stock. I just want to make what I want to make. And if people want it, they want it. If they don't, they don't. But since I made promises and I'm really enjoying making these for the people I am, that, that is the great part of it. Uh, I just want to get them, get them done. And a lot of it may be just, I'm getting tired of matching up antler with blades because it's so easy to take other scales and just slap them on there and make them look great. But antler takes quite a bit more thought and each Mm -hmm. particular piece has its own, own little issues with it. So, but, uh, Hey guys, we've been on here. We're going, uh, about 200, two hours and 15 minutes into this. So, uh, I'm sure we've taken some people on a nice journey today. I've enjoyed, uh, spending time. It's good to have everybody back together. Congrats on the recognition, uh, Chris and uh, Eric, uh, your 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 current build as well as your current building is going well. Enjoying those videos, uh, Joey, um, out there on Instagram, your knives are looking great. Same for you, Otisir, and uh, we look forward to you hearing us again on the next Knife Templars podcast. Have a great one. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.